What the hell is this? But that's light beer. Gee, I weigh 90 goddamn pounds and you bring me this slopping foam? <laughs> Harry's got me on a diet because the doc said my cholesterol's a little too high. Well, let me tell you something now, Johnny. Last Thursday, I turned 95 years old. Yeah. And I never exercised a day of my life. Huh. Every morning, I wake up and I smoke a cigarette. And then I eat five strips of bacon. And for lunch, I eat a bacon sandwich. And for a midday snack... Bacon. Bacon, a whole bacon. damn plate. And I usually drink my dinner. Now, according to all of them flat-belly experts, I should have took a dirt nap like 30 years ago. But each year comes and goes, and I'm still here. <laughs> and they keep dying, you know? Sometimes I wonder if God forgot about me. <laughs> it just goes to show you, huh? What? Huh? It goes to show you what? Well, it just goes... What the hell are you talking about? Well, you said you drink beer, you eat bacon, and you smoke cigarettes, and you outlive most of the experts. Yeah? I thought maybe there's a moral. No, there ain't no moral. I just... Like that story. seconds after the hour of 11 and this is the month of May in the year of our Lord 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy, an excursion into comedic amusement. All right. Thank you for um, joining us today. It is Wednesday and welcome to Day 12. We are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, a fantastic program uh, waiting for you today. Before we do anything else, let me give you them their telephone numbers, 503-733-2970, With your comments, questions, clarifications, two cents, whatever you might have today, 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, able, and incredibly hungover. Pass along your observations today about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane. And don't forget, uh, we have the uh, Sleep Country Pajama Bowl uh, Drive that's going to be going on today. So we'll talk more about that uh, later on. So Richie Bristol and uh, our good friend Terry Ferguson uh, are both standing by, manning the phones. If this was like a television thing, it would be Sarah and Tim and I in front, and then there would be the bank of phones behind us that seem to be ringing all the time, even though telephones don't really ring anymore. There are no ringers on telephones. There's no metal bell. There's no there's no pounding thing. There's nothing inside a telephone that rings in a metallic sense these days. But every time you watch PBS and there's a pledge drive going on, you hear a metallic phone ringing in the background for no reason. Anyway, uh, so uh, lots to talk about today. Before we do anything else, it is uh, 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at... RickEmerson.com. Rick at RickEmerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. Here's what's coming up uh, later on today. Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us from CNN. Also CNN radio correspondent James Roof 
joining us from Los Angeles. Um, I don't know where Jack Russell is today. I know they're going to be on the road. Uh, great white vocalist Jack Russell will be on the program uh, with us later on today, uh, around 1.30 uh, or so. And then I think those guys are going to be in the studio with us in a couple weeks, so that's very exciting. Jack Russell today. Uh, what else? Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com joining us. And uh, more about Rick Emerson. Listen to Party 11 now just nine days. Wait. Eight. Now just eight days away. Caught myself. Uh, so that is coming up next Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m., uh, at the Crystal Ballroom, and today I hand it to Sarah, and I want to make it very clear here, for the record, I didn't look at any of them. I handed Sarah uh, a folder, a sheaf of all of the listener-submitted mini-roasts. Hi, Sarah, how are you doing today? Hello. Is your microphone on? Yes. I can barely hear you. Awesome. You can just, you can just shout everything. Hi, Sarah, how are Hi, you? Rick. I'm doing well. <laughs> That's great. My morning's just Going so well, my microphone's reflecting that. That's wonderful. I wonder if your microphone is even on or if you're just being heard through my microphone. Wait, Hello? Hold. There you go. That's no, better. still not there. No, no, no. You're, that's better. Okay. Yeah, no, I can hear you now. Because I'm cranked all the way up and I'm barely ready. Hold on. Let me turn off my microphone. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm doing well. All right. Well, that's fantastic. Matt Green, if you're in the building, might you favor us in the studio with your engineering presence? That'd be just swell. Thanks. All right, 503-733-2970. Stay positive. Going to be one of the best shows we've ever had. Uh, All right, we'll talk more to Sarah here in a moment, but Sarah is holding in her hand uh, a blue folder containing all of the listener-submitted mini-roasts. And so uh, over the next uh, day, day and a half, whatever it is, you're going to be going through those, uh, picking all the ones that strike your fancy that you want to deliver, and then those will be delivered as part of Rick Emerson Listener Party uh, 11, which is happening next Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom featuring the Rick Emerson Roast. So I haven't seen any of them. I haven't looked at them. I went upstairs yesterday, and I got Bridget to print them all out. She put them in a folder. She handed them to me. Uh, I was sworn to secrecy. I pledged not to open them and look at any of them. You didn't look at any? No. No, I haven't looked. No, because that would be... Because that would ruin the magic of it, Sarah. Uh, so I just took the folder, and I handed it directly to you this morning. All right, so Steve Kastenbaum coming up today. Jim Roop coming up today. Great Whites. Jack Russell joining us on the program. Uh, the Sleep Country Pajama Bowl we'll be talking about later on. We have a Snuff Watch coming up today. Geek Watch coming up today. Taser Watch coming up today. Um, we'll talk about something on my website here in just a second. We'll get to that. Uh, we have another installment of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. I completely failed to put together a top five today. I had all of these sort of aborted top fives, that I was, and I spent about five or six minutes working on each of them, and then I just sort of realized there was no hay to be made there. Um, I actually brought in a list of all the top fives that I endeavored to assemble today, and just every one of them fell apart. And they all seemed like such good ideas at the time. They sort of went on the... I don't know. It's like it's like when you buy a like when you buy the special edition of a CD or something, and there's sort of outtakes or there's initial demo versions of songs that were really never completed. That's what I have here, just demo versions of a bunch of top fives that I was never really able to complete. Yeah, so we'll talk about those later on. Tim Riley is working on the following stories today for your edification. Surrender, Hillary. Pressure mounts for her to drop out of the race. She lent herself eleven million dollars over the past few months. Uh, Tim Ressert says it's over. And when Tim Russert says it's over, America listens, Tim. So uh, Hillary's biggest problem is Terry McAuliffe. And, uh, well, he's filling herself full of uh, foolish thoughts. So we'll hear from him. Uh, some fiend is dumping tennis balls and paint into the Mount Tabor Reservoir, and it's got to stop. A landmark burger joint on Highway 26 burns to the ground. And a crazed motorist barrels through a park full of children in Longview 
And he has to behave. Excellent. Okay, fantastic. That's wonderful. Not the barreling through part, really. It's the tasing part. Um, That's great. Did you watch any of the uh, any of the primary coverage last night? Were you too busy reporting the news, Tim? I was doing both. That's right. If you listened uh, to uh, AM 970, this very fine radio station last night, you heard Tim's many reports uh, from the Election Center West. Uh, they were gracing the airwaves here late into the evening, that as only incredible. Tim Riley could do. Oh, yes. All right. I didn't see. All I saw, I saw about 30 seconds of Hillary speaking, and then that voice of hers just started to... <laughs> that voice. That voice is so awful. That's exactly what it is. Speaking of voices, hello, Sarah. Hello, Kim. There you are. Yes. I can hear you now. There I am. All right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so these roasts are... <laughs> I haven't looked at any of them. Some of them are pretty brutal. You know, I... Uh, well, you know what? I, Rick Emerson can take as well as he can give. I say, hoping that it's true. I, I went up uh, yesterday after the show, and I went over to Bridget, and Bridget said, hey, I've got all those roasts printed out. She put them all in a folder. She handed them to me, and she said, you can't look at these. And I said, I won't look. And she said, you can't look, and I promise not to look. And she said, you can't look, and I pledge not to look. And she said, don't look, and I vowed. And I brought them downstairs, and I handed them to you today. I haven't looked at a single one of them. So now feel free to take those, uh, change, edit, paste, collate, cut, fold, bend, spindle, staple, mutilate, whatever it is you want to do to those. Well, I can't. I mean, these are these are the visions of these individuals. Like, I'm, who am I to, to alter them in any way? I suppose. Anyway, so those are you. Those are yours to, to do with as you wish. Uh, in any event. So I watched a little bit of, of Hillary's speech last night, and I watched a little bit of uh, of Obama's speech, and then I just sort of. I, I, w- I woke up the day I was looking at the Drudge Report where apparently everybody that Hillary has ever known uh, has now b- decided to back Obama. It's sort of like coming to it's like coming to a party at your house and finding out that not only is everybody there, they're all over at a shindig at your ex-wife's place. So every single person who ever worked for, with, near, around, or on the behalf of Hillary Clinton uh, is now demanding she drop out of the race and they're all behind Obama. So... So it's a bad day for her, including including McGovern. And when you've lost McGovern, you've lost America. Who knew he was still alive? I had no idea. So he was he was George McGovern uh, is a alive, but B looks completely unchanged. He's one of those guys that just hit sort of his aging ceiling in around 1972, and just never degraded a day beyond that. So anyway, oh you know, God bless him. All right. Well, in any event, uh, yeah. So Geek Watch coming up today. Snuff Watch, uh, Taser Watch coming up, uh, and uh, many other things that are exciting in their own special way. Hi, Sarah. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing very well. Are you really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Went out with um, some of my radio ladies last night. Fantastic. It was very fun. Women of the airwaves. Yes. It's true. Um, and I haven't talked to Richie today. I mean, I talked to Richie for about five seconds in the hallway. But apparently I don't think he, I had as fun of a night as Richie did. Well, he did, he looks a little um, ragged around the edges today, so I don't know what he spent his. What he, he started spent to his tell me, doing. but I told him not to tell me. I'm like, you have to tell me on the air. All right. I know that it involves multiple strip clubs and of him being did. relieved of all of his money. <laughs> um, as long as that's all he was relieved of. La la la. la. Uh, so did you see this thing that he brought in today from um, Spirit Mountain Casino? Yes. Is this? Yes. Well, I'm unclear about what this is. This isn't a drag show, is it? No, it's like some performance art thing. I mean, it looks very exciting. They are one of our proud sponsors. And so I have to say that it does look great. But this also does look like a woman with a mustache right here. No, it's a dude. That's like a little Richard dude. Is that what... The, well, okay. I think um, so. Uh, in any event. So Richie did also reveal yesterday that when he was playing Grand Theft Auto 4... Grand Theft Auto 4, which is sort of a wholly immersive video game. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a World of Warcraft or Second Life or one of those games where the game is its own world i think um i think like in grand theft auto i think it goes so far as to like you know because you're in uh, they call it liberty city it's basically new Are you york talking about the thing that we were talking about yeah 
Uh, when you're playing Grand Theft Auto 4, you're wandering around Liberty City, basically New York City, and there's and it is such a huge, massive environment that you can play sort of games within the game. In other words, your character in Grand Theft Auto 4 can go into casinos and then sit down and actually gamble at the casinos. Uh, your character in Grand Theft Auto 4 can actually go into record stores and buy music, uh, which is then on your 360 or whatever. Um, apparently, and I only know this because Richie was describing it, Apparently, when you are playing Grand Theft, uh, Grand Theft Auto 4, one of the things you can do is you can place personals ads in... Like, you can go up to computers in the game. You can go up to, a, like, a desktop computer that is in the game and then go online and look for dates within the Grand Theft Auto world. And so... And Richie, so are these... Are these Computer people, or are they I don't they even know people? how it works. I think it may be other people who are online at that moment, other people who are doing oh, like, a, makes the story even like a multiplayer thing. But, of course, we'll let Richie tell the story uh, later on. So we, we'll talk to him about that. And I haven't posted them yet, but I do have the final four horrifying pages of Richie's transcript uh, re ready to load on my website, kind of whenever people are sort of ready. So I'll do that here maybe during the... During the break, and everybody can look people, at those. And we only need to just give a collective sigh, and you need to just you need to post it and get it over. I need to post it so we can all just sort of move on. Uh, so let me. Uh, Maybe we uh, could save them for an auction to benefit children. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of benefiting children, we'll take a we'll take a few moments here, and then we'll talk about uh, the pajama bowl uh, thing, which is going to be uh, happening. Uh, today, uh, Sarah and I will be assembling our respective bowling teams. And by the way, I'd like to thank everybody who preemptively said that they want to be on Sarah's team. Thanks so much for that. I don't need love or affection in any way. No, you just like tell children to name their or tell people to name their children after you. Well, I, you know, everyone needs to be taken down. Enough. I think it's I think it's time that Rick Emerson got something back. Rick Emerson just gives and gives. Does seem like there ought to be some return on investment there. So uh, before we do anything else, let me just uh, so we can talk about what he. <laughs> What he did last night. Let's welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show, our intrepid PA, the uh, one and only Richie Bristol. Hello there. Hello. How are you? <laughs> wow, you, you don't sound, sound fantastic. So yeah. I'm just a little tired. <laughs> I'm how, broke. Are you, how are you doing over there? Okay. Uh -huh. How much money did you spend last night? All of it. In the negative. <laughs> wow. So, how much is it going to be? All of it, boy. Uh, so, wait, so what was the occasion last night? Oh, my birthday's in a few days, and my friend was supposed to take me out because I took him out for his birthday. When is your birthday? Thursday. So, if your birthday was Thursday, why were you going out on Tuesday? We were supposed to go out Thursday, but he has to work at 5 in the morning on Friday, so he said, well, we've got to do it tonight if we're going to do it. And I said, he, like, owes me, so I was like, okay, let's go. So what kind of an evening was it for uh, for Richie yeah, Bristol? Yeah, so what happened? Uh, I met a Filipino-Asian dancer. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, I started getting lap dances. Yes. And I kept getting lap dances. Now, were these lap dances that someone else was paying for, or were you paying for these? Uh, it started out someone else paying for it, but I couldn't stop. <laughs> it's like that thing that, you know, launch sequence was started, and I couldn't stop. I don't think that's supposed to happen during a lap dance. I think a lap dance is... I don't even think the rocket's supposed to... You know, no. This is uh, I don't think Vegas so style. I don't. Wait, where? So you were at that place downtown, that one that you had said? Yeah, it's like Vegas style. Like if you know how Vegas is. Like dirty. Yeah. That that place <laughs> seems a little nasty. Dirty lap dancing. So this. So how long were you at this particular establishment? Oh, we were started early, like seven o'clock. <laughs> All right. And how long were you there? Until midnight. <laughs> Until I ran out of money and <laughs> got embarrassed. I thought you really liked me. Get out. 
Because I kept on saying, yeah, I'll take another, yeah, I'll take another. And then when she was done, I was like, okay, well, I'm done. That's enough. You know what you are? We were just talking about We were talking about Second Life and Grand Theft Auto and The Sims and all those sort of fully immersive world games. You're just like a character that walks around with a big dollar sign above your head. Like, that's that's the icon. That's the avatar. Is it just <laughs> you with a dollar sign uh, that sort of blinks and just attracts women from all directions? <laughs> all right, so uh, over the course of the night, how much money did you spend? Uh, well, when we were done, I... Basically gave her everything I had in my wallet, <laughs> <laughs> all the cash I had. I looked, were you drunk? Attention, late. Oh yeah. Oh no. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm sure in no world was he drunk. Yeah, I was red faced. Uh, no, but I left my credit cards. I had two, and I left my bank card and my credit card at home to make sure, uh, you know, I didn't spend all. Of course not, because that would just be foolish. Yeah. But I gave her all the cash I had. How much cash did I you know, have? Okay, but I have to back up for a second. What do you mean at the end you just gave her all the cash you had? Well, I looked at it and I'm like, well, we've been here a while, and I tried to count how many dances it was. I, I gave her, like, my friends gave her the first two, and then after that I just kept going and going and going. It's a dance a song. I thought it yeah. was, and okay. I thought that they don't do like a tab though, do they? Uh, she was doing a tab because I kept on saying yes. Oh, I see. So you don't? I, I have to tell you that the, the the one and only time I ever had like a I don't even know if they called it a lap dance. I think they called it a couch dance. I was 18, and I went to the uh, the Deja Vu in Spokane because it's like I was 18, and it's what you do, which is just, and that's that place where it's like hundreds of beautiful girls and three ugly ones. That's their like their that's uh -huh. their thing. And the only reason I went there is because that was the strip club that Led Zeppelin had gone to. Like whenever they would go to whenever they would tour uh, the states, and they would go to Washington, they would go to Seattle and Spokane. Zeppelin would always go to the Deja Vu, and so I'm like 18, like yeah. Good enough for Jimmy Page. Good enough for me. So I went to the Deja Vu, and that was kind of the that was sort of enough. Um, but I think then I don't think they were I don't think you were allowed to run a tab. I think you like had to have the cash. So every time you did it, she was doing a lot of things they didn't allow. That's why I kept on saying yes. <laughs> what was she doing? Ever was it sort of like the In and Out Burger where there were many off menu items that you knew the code for? Uh, let's say my shirt was pulled up. Let's say that, shall we? <laughs> All right. I'll just leave it at that. I discuss you guys. But she stuff, played but with your everything. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't. Why do I keep coming here every no, day? She it's only did was... legal stuff. Why do I keep coming into the? Well, studio? you haven't said the name of the place, so you're fine. No, no, you haven't specified where it is. So wait, so since you haven't said the name, was she really like full on like, mm, like all uh, up on you, like, hey, let's get this done? She was like, had to put somewhere to go. She's driving a manual. <laughs> I think I think if we take a vote right now, Richie, you're gonna uh, rank number one on the list of most horrifying people we've ever known. So, okay, I don't even know. I don't even know where to go from here except to say that. So at the end of the night, so you weren't paying by the dance. Uh, or by the by the like, whatever. I mean, were you yeah. just relying on her memory? Is she just sort of tallying it up on I the fly? I was trying to, but I kept on getting distracted. <laughs> anyway, so I look well, and I count my twenties, and I'm like, okay, I don't think this is enough. But I just gave her the whole my tens, my fives, my. So you just sort of you you decided to err on the side of caution at the end of the night, and you just gave her everything in your wallet. And she said, "That's not enough." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have any of my cards on me, and so I'm like, uh, and you know, there's a guy in the back room with a tire iron just waiting to come out and pulverize your legs. Yeah, so I go, uh, I gotta go to the ATM. And she goes, okay. So I go to the ATM. Is there an ATM out. inside the place? Yeah, she of follows course. me. Of course. And then I'm like, oh, that's kind of creepy. I don't got my card. So I'm like, oh dear. So I go to look at my, I have five friends with me. They all are gone. They <laughs> of course. left me. So I'm standing there. Okay, if they see their friend getting, you know, worked by a girl in the corner, <laughs> I don't think they're going to be like, hey, Seriously, dude. let me watch him receive pleasure. <laughs> I know, but I mean, they were gone out of the club. They were not in the club. Of course. I don't want to accidentally see that. 
I mean, look, Richie, we love you, you and all, but if, friends. I, <laughs> if I look over at some point during the program and you're tackle out, I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to be leaving. I won't be staying to watch that. I think I speak for all of us here. Oh, yeah. We got different kinds of friends. <laughs> yes. So so they all left you. Yeah, Chug was one of them. Chug. He's so awesome. let's not use the word Chug right here, shall we? <laughs> so you, uh, so she needs more money than what you have. Uh, you have no cash in your wallet. Your friends are all gone. And I owe her. And you owe her how much? 20 bucks. How much long. total? How much? By you, you yourself, from start to finish the whole night, how much did you spend? $280. That's less than I would have thought, actually. But I won 60 on pokers, and my friend gave me Nimrod. All right, so it was like... So your friend gave you what? So you really only are down $200. That's actually much less than I would have thought. Well, because his friend got him the first couple dances, so he said his friend spent over 100 bucks. Yeah, but I mean... But if you're in a strip club for five Honestly, hours... Honestly, he's talking about... And we're not, not going to identify the place clearly, and I don't even know where it is, so... Yeah, you don't know what it is. I know what it is. I know somebody who actually works there who is a... Has one leg. Let's just say not a classy person. Half price. So, but I mean, five hours in a strip club and some sort of full service uh, release happening, and you only spent two hundred and some dollars. That's true. That's like, but that's like a really cheap prostitute. I mean, yeah, I think like a. I think she's a, doing that. I stretch my dollar. I think. <laughs> okay. No. Well done. Thank you, Richie. All right. Excellent. Um. Wow, there's no way to, to segue into this pajama ball thing without it sounding really <laughs> awkward. what are you going to do? <laughs> now let's raise money for children. Uh, okay, so we will, we'll take a moment here, uh, and, and we'll sort of revisit that here in a few. Let me just say this. <clears throat> I say, ka-chunk. Uh, let me just say this. Here's a list of top fives that I attempted to assemble for today, and none of these top fives, I wasn't successful in putting together any of these. I tried. God help me, I tried. And, and, and it all just fell apart. And I mean, we've been doing this show for, I don't know, the better part of a decade? Uh, almost a decade. This, this, in a couple of months, it'll be ten years that the show's been on in Portland. And I mean, I do reach I do reach points where I think that we've just done every conceivable top five. Uh, like, I've made every musical observation. We've examined every band, every genre. We've taken every sort of musical gimmick we can possibly think of. And then I sort of get an inspiration, and I jot down four or five top five uh, sort of themes and then sometimes they come together and sometimes they don't. It, none of these came together. We have this. Here's the top five ideas that I tried to put together this morning. Top five songs about a dead parent. I was thinking like uh, Living Ears, Mike and the Mechanics. What is wrong with you? Well, but see, that's why I didn't do A, it seems depressing, and B, I, couldn't, I can only come up with two. Well, you tell me another one. I've got, I wouldn't. I've got the top five that I'd ever want to push on anybody. It's like a lot of people have lost parents. You're like, I don't know. Well, Mother's Day is coming up, Sarah. So I thought. So you want to talk about dead parents? This is why I didn't. This is why I didn't do this. So I had the top five songs about a dead parent. I only and I can only come up with, the Living Years by Mike and the Mechanics or any Hank Williams Jr. song. Beyond I that, love the Living Years. But see, and I but okay, but then that the Living Years then led me to this idea. Here's another one I tried to put together this morning. Top five songs with a children's chorus. Okay. Because the Living Years has a children's chorus, but see, I could only come up with. Uh, the Living Years and Another Brick in the Wall Part Two. Oh, there's there's so many more. I'm I'm thinking about them right now. What else? What other song has a children's chorus? Well, give me a second. And Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. That's it. There's that um uh, uh that that Jay Z song. You know what I'm talking about? Not Hard Luck, Hard Knock Life. No, no, not that one. No, I got nothing. All right, so there you go. Well, if, you give, if you give me like five minutes, I can think. Uh, I also I had like this. that. I like that idea though. I had top five songs about a sport. Couldn't come up with that one because uh, all I can come up with is Centerfield by John Fogerty. I had top five soundtracks that were much better than the movie to which they were attached. All I could come up with there uh, was Oh Brother Where Art Thou. So right there. 
I mean, if I had one more, I could do top five failed top five ideas. But that's that's what I spent my morning uh, doing. Didn't really work out all that well. Why don't we just play a cluster of the songs of songs from like should, each of those? We'll do an aggregation of songs from a failed top five. All right. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll break here. We'll come back uh, a little early. We have Steve Casterman coming up uh, later on. Uh, we'll talk to uh, James Roop. Um, and uh, Mr. Skin's going to be here. Jack Russell from Great White. Uh, we'll be talking to him. Sarah and I are also going to be uh, rounding up people to bowl on our respective teams for the pajama um, for the Sleep Country Pajama Bowl, which is happening Sunday, uh, May 18th. We're going to be raising money for the Trillium Center, which is a, um, it's a uh, charity for foster kids. And basically what it happens is over the course of the day... Um, we're each going to be trying to get five people to bowl on our team. And uh, I think the minimum uh, kick-in is like 50 bucks. I think 50 bucks is the starting bid. So we're going to see uh, how many people we can get to bid, you know, like however much uh, to be on the team. And then Which all of be... that money go- is donated. All of that money will go to charity. And by all of that money, I mean all of the people who are deciding to bowl with Sarah, because everybody who's emailed this morning has expressed interest in bowling on Sarah's team. Oh, Rick, people want to bowl with you, too. Stop the pity party. No, I'm not doing a pity party, Sarah. I'm just doing, this is my objective analysis of the situation, which is that everybody seems much more interested in bowling. I'm so excited for it. I I love any excuse to go bowling. Yeah, yeah, well... And we get to be in our pajamas, too. Not so much rock in the pajamas. No, no. And so I have to go. I don't don't even really own any pajamas at this point in my life. Maybe definitely borrow sweatpants. One can only hope. So in any event, uh, so we will come back. We'll talk about that. We'll start taking your bids. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. I have a brilliant idea. Yes. So I think that you and I, as a thing, we should each um, be able to pick out a pair of pajamas the other person has to wear. Okay, I like what we're saying. Okay, all right. So I get the but we don't we don't have to show. So like you can pick it for me, but nothing like skin. No, no, no. Like there'll be kind a, of like pattern. A, a no lingerie rule. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. And I in tops and bottoms. Yes. And uh, all right. So okay, fair enough. So I get to pick out your pajamas. It sounds so creepy, and you get to pick out my pajamas. Yeah. All right, fantastic. I think that might be funny. It's 503-733-2970. We'll come back. We'll start up uh, the bidding for that around the corner, plus Steve Castavon, plus Tim Riley coming up, plus Mr. Skin, plus Jack Russell, plus all of that. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson. I need to build a sex temple. I don't mean for this to sound sleazy, but what do you wear when I put my baby in you? I better take off my pants. Take off your pants. Let me go to uh, the horny slut stuff. You must take my seat. I'm sweating for the anus. No matter what you do in your life, you will never be as retarded as I am. I hate you. They love it. Oh, no, they may love it. I'm just saying that I personally hate you, Sarah Dillon. That's from me to you. That makes me laugh every time. Oh. my baby in you? The, Why would you even say that? The thing that gets me there is that you must take my seed. See, I'm, I'm stuck on the let me put my baby in you. <laughs> oh, I got some pajamas already picked out for you in my head. Right. Fantastic. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. This one says, Rick, I've bid on your team, but Richie hasn't read his email yet. I can't call in, so I've asked Richie to bid for me. Uh, he says... Uh, Oh, this is, so he's he's so he, the, the minimum bid to get on either Sarah's bowling team or my bowling team is fifty bucks. Uh, this guy has already uh, authorized us to go up to a certain level. I, I don't want to say what. Well, he's authorized us to go up to two hundred and fifty. He said, wow. yeah, he said ten. He said ten bucks at a time, basically, you know, to outbid anybody else. And he says up to two hundred and fifty dollars. So keep in mind, by the way, there are five slots on each team. 
Uh, and so then, how are we going to pick the five? Like At the end of the show, it'll be the five highest bidders uh, for those five slots. Now, here's the deal. It's five slots per team. You have five bowlers. I have five bowlers. It only costs the minimum bid to get on a team is 50 bucks. So, but that means, you know, that you don't have to be bidding like $250. Right now, there's still slots open. So you could actually get in right now for 50 bucks. And if nobody else bids you, you know, bam. So, you know, basically there's five slots open, minimum bu- uh, uh, bid of 50 bucks for each slot. So as more people bid, you know, the price may go up. But right now, you could actually get in for 50 bucks. All right, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Let's welcome now to the cameras of the show. And then we'll have Richie come in and give us a recap here in just a second. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum, hello, sir. Hey, can I bid and then bowl virtually or something? Or have, I, have somebody bowl in my place? Like Wee Bowling? You know, we already had somebody from, uh, don't knock Wee Bowling, we already had uh, somebody from Colorado uh, bid a uh, dollar, I think, per point for whatever Sarah ends up bowling that day. And there's going to be two games. We're just going to bowl two games. And so this guy already bid like a buck a point for whatever Sarah uh, is able to get. And Sarah's uh, Sarah's not a bad bowler at all. Sarah's much better than ah. I am. All right. and, and how are you? Because if you took Sarah, maybe I'll take you. I'm terrible. Uh, if really, if you want to save money, you should sponsor me. I can't wait to see you actually attempt to bowl. It's going to be hilarious. Maybe I shouldn't say that because it is for children. But really, I mean, if you have to, if you have to stretch your charity dollar. Uh, sponsoring Rick Emerson's bowling really is the way to go there because, you know, it's really all I can do. I kind of need those rubber bouncy things they put on either side of the lane. I mean, I really am. I'm appallingly shoddy at almost any athletic activity, my friend. They had those in uh, Napoleon Dynamite when he bowls. They had those things up. That's yeah. really what I need, and I need the pins to be real big and the ball to be even bigger. So, uh, all right. Uh, well, I, well I'll, fi- I'll figure it out, and I'll email Sarah and, uh, and do this. Please do. Send her an instant message about that. So, yes. um... I hate to uh, make such a, I don't know, such an abrupt segue here, but I mean it is it is a big story, so we should talk about it a little bit. I this makes me a bad American, but I don't even know where Myanmar is. Ah, I'm glad you asked. I have it no is... idea. I know that something bad happened there, but I couldn't find it on a map. You put a gun to my head. Well, maybe you know it uh, as the country previously known as Burma. Does that help? Well, let's pretend, for the purposes of this conversation, let's pretend it does. Sure. It's uh, sandwiched uh, in between uh, Thailand and, uh, I believe, India. All right. All the, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, uh, well, India is to the west of it, uh, and uh, Thailand is to the east. So it's in Southeast Asia. Well, okay, then. Hey, and then, there so, and then this is what, it was a, a, a typhoon or an earthquake or a monsoon or something? Keep going. You'll get to it eventually. Uh, wait. Cyclone. Cyclone. <laughs> All right. My next guess was going to be tsunami, but I guess we've already had one of those. So a cyclone is, well, now we're on something else. I don't know. I don't even know what a cyclone is. Is that like a tornado? It's similar to a hurricane. It's just that they, uh, um, you know, in different parts of the world, they call these storms different things. Uh, and they have, they have slightly different characteristics or where they originate, that sort of thing. So this particular storm is called a, a cyclone. And they get these uh, fairly uh, peri- uh, regularly at uh, certain periods, you know, within a certain a certain amount of time. They always wind up getting a massive one like this. So now the uh, government officials in, in Myanmar and our U.S. officials uh, at our embassy there are saying there's indications that there may be as many as 100,000 dead people as a result of this storm. Jesus. I mean, it, yeah. it, it is, uh, you know, we were talking about this the other day, actually, that India seems to be a place, especially where, uh, like, once a year there'll be some earthquake in India that kills, like, 40 billion people, and, and, and it just sort of, it almost doesn't register in this part of the world because it's just such a staggering number, you can't even really wrap your mind around it. Well, here's the funny thing. Today, in the U.N. Security Council, France 
was trying to bring it to a vote at the Security Council, a resolution uh, demanding that the leaders of Myanmar allow greater access for, uh, especially for uh, the uh, nonprofit um, humanitarian aid organizations, but also for other governments who want to send over military units in order to help with their with the uh, with the relief effort. Uh, can can they take a guess who on the Security Council wouldn't even let it come to a vote? Which country? Uh, would that be uh, America? No. No, I don't no, know. We, I don't. We we want to go. I I'm always just I'm always inclined just to think that we've done something bad. Uh, oh no no no! We want to look like the heroes here, despite our political differences. Uh, wait, hold on. Myanmar. China. Yes. Ah, uh, there you go. Bingo! I, ding 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 ding. The answer to every question like that recently is either us or China. Yes, China would not let it come to a vote, uh, which which you know is kind of surprising, uh, even though they are uh, Myanmar's. Uh, best ally in the region, you would think that they would want to allow us to, to, you know, tell the leaders of, of that nation, look, you better open your doors up so we can come and help your people before they die from waterborne illnesses. But apparently, you know, in a country uh, in China where they have, you know, so many billions of people, you know, 100,000 dying is nothing to them. Well, China does have their uh, reputation as, uh, you know, evil overlords to, uh, you know, to think about. They have, to, they have their evil street cred, I guess. All right. Well, as seen as CNN's Jack Cafferty put it, they're a bunch of thugs, <laughs> as he put it. Now, I, got, I got to tell you, I love that guy. I really do. Uh, all right, my friend. Well, I know you got a busy day ahead of you. You on tomorrow? Yes, I have. You know, I'm, I'm actually about to see uh, one of your other favorite New York characters in a little while. I'm at a, a demonstration. Care to guess who that is? Uh, <laughs> would it be Al Sharpton? Yes. Ding, is, ding, 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 ding. Do yeah. they have something that they, they're going to be blocking something or other? They're going to be clogging up some some place? Yeah, there's got to be a, a first prayer vigil for Sean Bell, the, the, the gentleman who was shot to death by police officers uh, on his uh, wedding day. Uh, those police officers, those detectives actually, had all been acquitted of, of all the charges against them. So there's going to be some civil disobedience uh, demonstrations on street corners around the city. They'll probably block some traffic, uh, block the, the entrance to the Brooklyn Bridge. And so we're here covering that. Well, have a, have a great day then, Steve. Hey, at least it's 77 degrees and sunny. Could be worse. I suppose that is true, my friend. Are you on tomorrow? Yes, I am. All right. We will uh, have speaks with you then. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day to whatever extent that's possible. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Steve Castabell, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent. All right. Uh, let's see. Somebody has uh, somebody has sent me a pair of... Oh, wow. I'm not making you wear these pajamas. Okay, quit sending me suggestions from the Victoria's <laughs> Secret catalog. That's not going to That's not going So where to can happen. you find fun pajamas? Oh, I know where I'm going. Where? I'm going to Wally World. I'm going to Walmart. I'm going to Spencer's Gifts. I'm, <laughs> oh. I'm buying. I call dibs on Spencer's Gifts. I'm going to totally buy you. I'm going to buy you like. Uh, I'm going to buy you uh, like pajamas that. Uh, like bloodhound gang. I'm going to buy gang. you like the footy pajamas, like the onesie. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> the ass flap. <laughs> <laughs> Please get me ass flap pajamas. Ass flap. Um, in any event, I'm going to just get you. I'm going to get you like cotton mouth king pajamas. They just have big. Pot, oh, they have big pot leaves all over them. God, I'm going to get you ones with flames all over them. It is for children, Sarah. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? It is Don. I've got a challenge for you and Sarah on this bowling thing. Uh huh. Yeah, I can't make the uh, gigs after work, but I will donate a dollar for each point that Sarah beats you by. Or you beat Sarah by. This is so this is so complicated. Uh, I don't even. All right, hold on a second. About it. You just hey, take the scores and subtract it. All right, hang on for just a second. All right, here. Oh, oh, it never gets better. 
If, if by better you mean old, no, it never because, does. Because you're going to get all kinds of challenges like this, so I might as well be the first all right, one. Hold on a second. Oh. Now, not the teams, though. Just the uh, just you and Sarah. All right, well, let's talk to Richie Bristol. So all day today, uh, we are taking bids and recruiting team members to bowl on either Sarah's team or my team uh, for the Sleep Country uh, USA Pajama Bowl, which is coming up May 18th. We are bowling for the Trillium Center, which is a uh, charity uh, for foster children. And so, Richie Bristol, how are you today? Good. All right. So, in there, so, all right. Oh, really? Can you bring that in when you get a chance? And I'll give the the website, whatever. All right. So, we've already got people who are wanting to wanting to pledge per point that it's always for Sarah, but the, the, per point that Sarah hits, that Sarah bowls. Uh, is that for one game, or are you guys playing three? It's, no, it's two like games. Two. Both. Two. Yeah, we're each playing two games. Now, so this guy then is offering, uh, like, what, like a buck a point, or what, sir? A buck a point. Uh, for every point that either Sarah beats you by or you beat Are we Sarah talking by. both games combined? Yes, both games combined. Oh, and, all, and, only, and only you and Sarah, not in, the team. In other words, uh, so if Sarah bowls... two final scores together and then... So let's say practice. Sarah bowls 100 yeah. and 100 and I bowl 90 and 90. Uh, so that would be, that'd be 20 bucks. Yeah, but right. if Sarah bowls 200 and you bowl zero... You get 200 bucks for that game. All right. No, I think we can do that. So you'd grab the best difference from one of the games. Yeah, that's it. Whoever the winner is, you know, you'd figure out how much they won by, and then he'd pledge like a buck. A buck a, a point buck, there. A buck a point. And I'll challenge anybody else to uh, join join me in that because yeah. that's – because you and Sarah in competition, what you know, what you know, what else is best? I mean, that's great. By the way, let's just be, let's be very clear right here. I want to manage expectations. They so say our teams in sales. are playing against each other. Yes, right? they are, Sarah. That'll be Sarah's team bowling against my team. Yeah. So wait now, and we've got, and we've already got. I mean, we're only a few minutes into this. We've already got a few people who have bid to be on the team. Is that correct, Richie? Oh yeah. Are these for Sarah's team? Are these bids to be on Sarah's team or mine? Uh, we got both. Actually, in your face. I'm not, who are you? I'm not competing I'm with like, you. I'm just scared that five people won't want to be on my team. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I'm like, please. I don't want to be like, let's pick last. The drinkers will want to be. I was just going to say, you know, I'm, you know, we always have Timmy, right? We always have the pimp squad, yeah, Sarah. You're, you're driving there, Timmy. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, so we've got, what, like a slot each taken? Or is it we've already got oh, one got bid a couple. Each? you got a pretty big one. All right. So, um, so where are we at right now with open slots still on Sarah's team and mine? Uh, like three you, each or four each? You would have two. And you would have three. two taken or two left. You would have two empty spots right now. Ah, look at that, Sarah and Dillon. Three empty spots. Suddenly the worm has turned. But you know You're what? You're the only one like crap talking right now. I know now. That this is a one person. I have to. Take I know my... I'm going to beat you, so just keep on rambling. And I have to it's take fine. my victories where I can you get can them. You can just embarrass yourself in your Powerpuff Girl pajamas. You know, has somebody just tipped her hand? All right, fair <laughs> enough. Oh, I'm going to get some help on this. I'm going to have somebody. <laughs> I'm going to have somebody figure out what you're supposed to. Uh. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, so is it the is it yeah, So I will put you on hold. Uh, uh, a woman. I already named... talked to the powers that be. Okay. I'm gonna, and, uh... I'll put you back on hold and make sure they've got everything there. Terry will make sure she's got your information and and thank you, sir, for your donation, your pledge. We appreciate it. And 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 one last thing. Yes, sir. Burma is between Thailand and Bangladesh. All right. Duly it's noted. Right there in the Indian Ocean Delta, and it's just. Hundreds of thousands of people get killed there every year by tsunamis. All I really know about Burma is I'm a big fan of their shaving signs. That's pretty well, much it. Well, it's right. kind of the North Korea of Southeast Asia. <laughs> All right, thank you. That's Don. All right, so if you would like to, uh, uh, if you would like to bowl on Sarah's team, there are th- uh, three slots open on Sarah's team. The minimum bid to bowl there is, is 50 bucks to be on Sarah's bowling team. And I know the salespeople wanted us to come up with like I saw some all-station email that went over. They wanted us to come up with kooky names. No. 
And I just said, no. I just came back and I'm like, no. They already, no, they already have us in pajamas. That's it. Yeah, it was like it's Sarah Dillon and Rick Emerson. Those are the names of the teams. Uh, so if you would like to pledge to be on Sarah's bowling team uh, for the Sleep Country USA Pajama Bowl coming up uh, Sunday, May 18th to benefit the Trillium Center, uh, the bid is 50 bucks. Uh, there are three slots open still on Sarah's bowling team, two slots open uh, on my team. Now, word to the wise, it should be noted here uh, that at some point, if you bid to get on the team, Somebody may outbid you. At that point, we'll come back to you and see if you want to sort of step it up a little we'll bit. We'll announce right? the people at the end of we, the show today. And yeah, at the end of today's program, we will announce the five highest bidders uh, to bowl on either your team or my team. Um, and thanks. So Richie's just handed this to me. So I do want to. Uh, somebody asked me a little bit more about this. Trillium Family Services is one of Oregon's largest nonprofit providers of mental health services to foster children and their families. Uh, Trillium was formed in 1998 um, when it basically was the Perry Center and a few other organizations sort of merged. So it is an integrated care system. Uh, their vision is to partner with families and the community to help children heal and teach children and families to manage ongoing mental health care needs. And you can find out more about them at trilliumfamily.org. Uh, trilliumfamily.org. Uh, so we'll talk more about that. So I'm looking two, at this right now. It's actually really interesting. It actually is very cool. So uh, so three slots left open on Sarah's team, two uh, left open on my team. You can get in right now for uh, as little as 50 bucks, and we'll kind of keep everybody updated uh, throughout the day. Still coming up later on today, Jack Russell from Great White, uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, Jim Roop. Tim Riley, have ye news for us? Yes. Fantastic. All right. It seems like I had something else. Oh, by the way, so, yes, if you go to rickemerson.com as of, uh... Did you post them? Did you, know, you post them? Now, yeah, if you go to rickemerson.com uh, and you refresh, uh, refresh and you look at the blog, you're going to see a thing that says, uh, the end of the Richie Bristol Cyber Saga, not safe for work. Let me really, really stress at this point that these are not safe for work or for people or living things or any part of your brain. So these are the final uh, the final four pages of the transcript between Richie and the person that he thought was a woman that turned out to not really be, you know, a woman. Oh God! It, it, <laughs> just like his sounder, it just keeps getting more, uh -huh. and more horrifying. Yeah, the best the best phrase is, and it's in all caps. I'm close. Keep going. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I like the and it trails off at try, the end. Try to get that out of your brain. I also like just the I also like the one entry that's nothing but ooh with a bunch of O's. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist writing you at the end of you it. You must take my seed. All right. It's five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. Big show today, lots to do. We'll come back after this with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Stay there, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. Five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Smells like a fantastic day. And I already sense it coming over the horizon. The next three hours are going to be even more genius than the previous hour, which was itself pretty fantastic. All right, it's 503. It like hours gone by. It really doesn't. You know, the, the, some days I, I look up at the clock and it's 3 o'clock or it's 5 or it's 7, and I don't even remember. It's like I just came in and then the show is instantly over. Uh, still to come, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop, uh, great white vocalist Jack Russell. 
what else? Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and more on the Sleep Country USA Pajama Bowl, uh, for which we are uh, raising money and uh, getting uh, bowling partners uh, all through the day. So we'll get an update on that from Richie Bristol. Uh, you can go to RickEmerson.com. Like, if you really feel like you need to be punished for something, and you can read the final four pages of Richie's awful online intimate chat thing. So the first four pages are at sarahxdillon.com. The final four pages are at rickemerson.com. In all ways, is it awful. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. And it's brought to you by our new best friends at Hotswell, <laughs> Oregon. Bam! The afternoon's biggest stories, new at four, live and local on the scene, and first with breaking news. Covering stories you'll see only on Fox 12. When you want the whole story without the wait, it's the 4 o'clock news on Fox 12, Oregon. First, live, local in the afternoon. You know what that is, Tim? That's another Mm -hmm. proud sponsor that could not wait to be aligned with us. Damn right. Knows the Rick Emerson Show is the means by which you reach the people. And it's a fine uh, television station. <laughs> it is. It really is. It is. Make uh, sure you're watching this afternoon at 4. Excellent. Fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. So we'll get to the uh, Hillary debacle in just a moment. But first, uh, have any of you ever eaten at uh, Oni's Restaurant? I don't know. It's a uh, famous landmark. It has a giant-sized Paul Bunyan lager. Oh, lager. Standing up front. Well, it burned <laughs> down. Uh, <laughs> so my Wait, chance is gone. Off of, is it off of Interstate? It is off Highway 26 in the town of Elsie. Logger. I barely knew her. It's um, a local landmark. No. You know you're in the town of Elsie if you're at uh, Oni's. No. Well, anyway, it, it was famous. They uh, they built it to uh, <laughs> defeat uh, loggers. Now, see, here's the I thing. Go. To defeat loggers? To feed. Oh. So I... This is one of those stories where you may be all excited about it and then reveal that my chance is now gone because it burned to the ground. All right. Let's see if you... Well, okay. Burn down number two. Have you ever seen the Albina Fuel Building? Yes. All right. Well, that burned out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not laughing. I'm just... It, it just seems to be a whole cavalcade of... Do you remember I'm that burning. Th- Do you remember this landmark? Gone. Remember this thing? Burned down. Destroyed. This is at uh, 3246 Northeast Broadway. Usually you'll see it if you're taking that right or left, depending on which way you're coming up Broadway. Do you go to that Fred Meyer in back in there? Well, the Albina Fuel Building has been vacant for a long time, and they think transients, those little troublemakers, burned it down yesterday because they've been living in there. Uh, the Portland Water Bureau is reviewing security cameras to find out who's throwing tennis balls into the Mount Tabor Reservoir. Uh, they also threw a two-gallon jug of latex paint in there, too. Mm. And I guess all you people drink this stuff, don't you? Yes, yes, we do, Tim. Well, that was the same reservoir in which they found a homeless guy some years back who was just busy half-lifing away. Oh, yeah. Inside? <laughs> yes, no, he, he yeah, he fell in and... And drown and Which takes some, around in our water. And it takes some doing because there's like big ass fences all around that. Fence. I was just the other day playing frisbee, and those reservoirs are huge. Well, and I did the bike through uh, Mount Tabor, and there's that. First of all, when did they start that thing in the middle of the reservoir where there's that huge fountain of water in the middle of one of them? You know what I I'm talking about? Fountain of water. There's a in the middle well, because I see a picture of it. There's a fountain of water. In front of it. Yeah, because there's not just one reservoir. Aren't there many? Small. Uh, there's yeah, many there's reservoirs. Small, there's, that, there. there's that main one next to the entrance, and then you yeah you go up the hill, and there's there's, there's one of them has a big fountain in the middle of it now. It's pretty amazing, actually. It shoots water like a hundred yards in the air. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, it but, just wasn't on when I was there. Yeah, but so there's somebody throwing tennis balls into there. But I mean, don't you just sort of? I mean, here's the thing: the tennis balls. I suppose it's bad, but I mean, there's nothing. They're I'm not paint. That's even worse. But they're not covered by anything. So in other words, 
I mean, I'm not trying to be horrible, but I mean, they're not covered, so don't you just assume that there's like, like bugs, and, bugs and, and birds and, and, and well, and actual birds? Remember you're washing your hair in the shower and the tennis ball comes out, hits you in the head. That's a bad way to begin the morning. It just seems like that water is probably filled with all kinds of wildlife. I never understood that either. Like, how does that outside water become like our drinking water? And I don't really. And where does that? And where does that water come from? It comes from rain. Is that true? I believe so. Nobody dumps it off there. But I mean, okay. So those reservoirs are. I mean, they're big. I mean, they're. they're, they're I'm. <laughs> I say that's a scientific unit of measure, by the way. <laughs> Reservoir um, big. They've been embiggened over the years, and now they're huge. But if you look at those reservoirs, I don't know how deep they are. I saw one emptied a while back, and it was, I don't know, I would guess maybe 20, 30 feet deep. Um, but that, that can't all come from rain. It doesn't rain that much. Maybe it comes from the mountains. How does it get from the mountains into the reservoir? By a river. You're bluffing. Well, I've never seen it myself, I'm guessing. But there's I... a magical river that runs to the reservoir? That runs yeah. uphill into the <laughs> reservoir. So I don't understand. I'm not expecting you to know the answer to this, Tim. You live in Tannisborn, where your water is brought in by magical fairies that flit down to the ground, and then unicorns bring it into your house. I have four bathrooms, and every time I turn something on, it's there. <laughs> um, so Mount Tabor is, you know, a mountain. A mountain. Uh, Tabor's. And, and so there are all these reservoirs filled with water. And so I, I can accept it that. It's for your pleasure. I, I, <laughs> That's I, why it was put there. I can understand that the water in those reservoirs goes into some sort of pipe and then into my faucet, and then I drink it at home, paint and all. I don't understand what, you know, the water in those reservoirs, where that comes from. So someone needs to explain that to me. But until then, we'll move on. They're going to drain 30 million gallons of water to clean out the tennis balls. To get out the tennis balls. All right. Okay. Uh, That uh, Savvy Island uh, footbridge idea is dead. They want to take the old uh, Savvy Island bridge. And turning into a bike and pedestrian only bridge over I-405 in the Pearl, so all the rich people could enjoy it. But it has been killed and buried. It's a it's a problem. They had to raise 5.5 million dollars within the next few months to bring it over here and set it up, so uh, people with money can ride their bikes. And they can't do it, so it's not going to happen. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Yeah, uh, about the uh, Portland water. Yeah. Uh, all the water comes from uh, Bull Run Reservoir, which is uh, I think it's. I want to say it's like 50 or 60 miles out of town, kind of like in the foothills of the Cascades. Okay. And those reservoirs at Mount Tabor are kind of like staging areas. So it's like the water comes down from the mountains, and they store it there for dispersal elsewhere. Okay, so it comes from a bigger reservoir somewhere. Yeah, Bull Bull Run Reservoir, which is pretty much closed to the public. You can't even really get near it. And then it goes into the Mount Tabor Reservoir, and then from there to be treated, then into my faucet. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. I don't know if it's treated after it comes out of that reservoir, because you're right. It's not capped. You could, like, you know... Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there was a plan a few years ago to cap them, and it got shot down. Yeah, I mean, because the, the because the people who live on Mount Tabor didn't want anything to obstruct their view. Uh, yeah. They didn't want anything. They liked it open. Of course, that's I guess that's much more important than not having Jed, yeah. the homeless guy, decaying away into my drinking liquid. So where does so here's a dumb question: I, Where that the water in the Bull Run Reservoir? Where does that come from? Uh, like higher mountains, like Mount Hood, whatnot. I mean, runoff, you know, snow melt. It's basically snow melt. That was my question. I wonder with it, where is the genesis of this water? Where does the water all uh-huh. come that was from? The first answer. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah mostly, mostly. Well, you mostly. said rain. It comes from rain too. But rain, I mean, is yeah. there just a big tarp somewhere, like a huge funnel up on the top of the world, like up on up on Mount Everest? There's just a giant funnel, and all of the water gathers in it, and it goes onto the Bull Run Reservoir. 
it, it seems like at some point you've got to have a team of Oompa Loompas up there catching the rain and putting it into this reservoir, or it just goes into the dirt. Yeah. I wish I'd graduated from high school with a higher GPA. All right. Thank you, my friend. Sure thing. All right. There you go. Here's Tim Riley. But what do you care? We're having to turn on the faucet. It's there, isn't it? Well, what I more, suppose. What more thought does that involve? I guess, I guess water is sort of like electricity. I don't really understand how the electricity is just in the socket or the, you know, the outlet when I need it and why it doesn't sort of build up and blow my house apart. Uh, so do you ever wonder about that when you plug in your iron or whatever and it works and you think to yourself, well, the electricity is always there. Why doesn't it just build up and burn my house down? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, uh, did you... Uh... Get an answer to your question about where the water comes from in Bull Run. Well, somebody said that it comes from Bull One, Bull One, Bull Run to Mount Tabor. But my question was, where does it come from originally? Like, how is it initially gathered, and where? Well, and how does it get from Bull Run to Mount Tabor? I guess it. Well, it a series of tubes. Snow, it, it falls as snow from the sky. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, it, it runs down one of the glaciers on Mount Hood, and it feeds into the Bull Run River which gathers at three holding dams up there on the other side of the state. All right, so there is snow. Tim is laughing like it's a silly question. But you know what? I would wager that most people don't really know. It's not just oobleck well, that comes out of the sky and into your tap. Well, snow does come from the sky. I understand that. On Mount Hood. I understand the great it, white it, spirit god. And then it creates. triggers several other steps before it gets to your faucet. Oh, I wish I was dead. All right, so. Well, from, from the dams up there at the reservoir, they're piped into three giant pipes that run down... Uh, Basically, uh, Stark Street to Division and down to Division to uh, uh, to a mixing station in town. I'm going to leave aside the issue that it somehow gets up into Mount Tabor, which is, again, a mountain, so that it apparently is having to go uphill at some point. But well, they have pumping stations. Okay. But, you know, so uh, just... you, good, you good folks in downtown are, are drinking probably a 50, fix, 50 mix of what's pumped out of the sludge water of the uh, Columbia River. Mm. And uh, what comes off a of bowl? So run. just to so just to sort of recap, let's just say in general, speaking broadly, snow comes out of the sky, lands on the mountains, melts, goes into the Bull Run River, which then goes into the Bull Run Reservoir, which goes to Mount Tabor, which I drink. That's right. All right. Actually, you have no idea how much I legitimately appreciate that, sir. Yes, and I didn't graduate from high school with a high uh, GPA either. So Excellent. Good there for you. you go. Thank you, my friend. You bet. Oh, there you go. There's that guy. All right. See? It all begins with things falling from the sky. It does. Here's Tim Riley. Well, there was a little problem at a Kelso Park over the weekend. You see, a driver was chased by a mob with baseball bats. Yes, it, it was a busy day like many others, but it turned into a terrifying experience in Kelso. A man drove his truck right through several crowds and softball games before ramming a police vehicle. Now, you don't want to cause trouble with people who have bats, no. for one thing. Uh, police and witnesses agree it was lucky nobody was seriously injured or killed. Roughly 400 to 500 people were at Tam O'Shanta Park during this melee. Uh, the park was a madhouse. It was completely packed. Then this guy was driving on the grass, through people, through parties, through games. Several angry players chased the guy with baseball bats. A uh, surveillance video from the park shows police responding to reports of a suspicious man. Officer tried to block the exit when the suspect rammed his truck into a police SUV. The man pretended to have a gun. The cops tasered him and took him into custody. He is 29-year-old Ed Aaron Strader. He told people he was high on drugs. In addition to the rampage in Kelso, he's also accused of shooting his girlfriend near Tacoma. Okay. I just should, don't that, should that be surprised? I don't understand this part of the country. I really don't. I it, love this part of the country. I mean, I know that as, as news people and as pundits, we appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But it was just... I was going to make the really 
too obvious observation that and they'll I, always be here because they have children <laughs> so that you can they never leave and, and i was just going to say that given this whole discussion about the reservoir followed by that i really do believe there is quite literally something in the water there is i think the government is dosing us uh, with whatever they like combination of paint and tennis balls i think we i think we have some sort of a uh, diluted version of whatever it is they dose the floridians with all right real quickly let's uh right here Rick. Look, you got to give me an alternate sounder if you don't want me to use this. To call Richie? Yeah, we have to come up with something else. You know what it should be. Hi, Richie Bristol. Hello. Hold on. Oh, there we go. Oh, sorry. Hi, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Sorry, sir. All right. That's like you're singing the tums, 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 tums. Oh, yeah. tums. The tum tums. Uh-huh. Uh, all right, so so uh, we should get an update here. So where are we uh, with uh, with the uh, Sleep Country USA uh, Pajama Bowl, which is coming up uh, uh, Sunday, uh, May 18th? Uh, well, we don't want it to go to your head, but your team is full. Yeah, that's right. Sir yeah. needs three more people still. How is that possible? I don't know. Who doesn't want a bowl with... Now, see, now I've gone from being all, like, cocksure about it to be... you got to up the sticks so you're going to buy him a drink. All right, well, okay, I'm so... I'm not going to buy anybody a drink. Oh, okay. <laughs> they can buy you a drink. Okay, uh, so... Because we have my team, you can buy me a drink. All right, yeah. so right now, now, my team is full. Uh, there are now still three slots available. See what whining gets you, Sarah? It gets you everywhere. All you have to do is just pretend to be sad and desperate and alone. No, thanks for making me feel stupid now. <laughs> I appreciate it. There are three... Well, see, because everybody just came to my aid because they figured that nobody... You know what it is, Sarah? You are the club in which nobody figures they can get admission. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's, sure. You're like <laughs> Studio 54 with that disco full. Thanks, well, I hope you so proud of front. yourself that, that you made me feel pretty bad. There are three slots available on Sarah's team, and also we should say that even when uh, the teams are even full, though Rick has enough teammates, you can still. Would you like some yeah. of my leftovers, Sarah? No, okay. Would you like some of my leavings? Uh, well, we're glad to put you, you know on what? the waiting list. It's, <laughs> it's for the children with mental disabilities. I am okay with my team, my two people that love me. Thank you. Well. <laughs> it is a competition for popularity. I right? thought you were going to make a bicycle joke there for a second. I was leaving it open for you. Oh, no. And it's not for children Everyone with mental disabilities, by the way. It is, well, well it's, for it's, mental health. Mental health. Um, in any event, so we should say that, so there are, so my, the, I got five people on my team right now. There are some slots available on Sarah's team, but we should also say that the minimum bid, uh, you know, it's like 50 bucks, uh-huh. uh, but you can actually, you know, you can outbid other folks. So if you just like... So in some weird world, if you feel like you just can't live without bowling on Rick Emerson's team, uh, you can actually call and, you know, bid. Maybe you can have backups, and me and my two teammates will <laughs> still beat you. So, I mean, for example, if, you know, if, if uh, oh, you know, if somebody on my team has just, you know, has, has bid like 50 bucks to be there, you could actually, you know, op, you know, kick in 60 bucks and sort of try to, you know, try to outbid somebody else. So Plus, three of those bidders already stated you're not worth more than 50 bucks. <laughs> Thanks so much. I so appreciate it. So all you have to do is say 60. So, so, so really, 60. So you have the so you have the three filling in. But I don't have any, but you have three, but they're all doing the But they're all the cheapskates. Bottom. They're all doing the bare minimum. No calls back, even if it goes up. <laughs> <laughs> really? If, if, if someone who wants to outbid us, we're not going to well, pay. If it's going to be like an additional $5, I'm just going to stay home that day and drink. All right. So apparently you could get onto my team for as little as $60 right now because the people who are on there all bid the bare minimum and won't part with any more money to spend time with me. Thanks so much. So it's 503. 
exist. <laughs> That's true. At least I have a team. Team, you have no team. I have bowling skills. It's 503s and some stylish pajamas that in my head I am already picking out. I already, what about, I already have yours picked out in my head. What a nice pair of Cheech and Chong pajamas. Those might be kind of cool. It's 503-733-2970. I'm going to have the listeners, by the way, uh, help me uh, discover what pajamas you ought to be wearing. So, and, oh, People have already been sending me suggestions for you. And please forgive this question because it's, I don't want to say it's delicate, but I, I mean... What, I don't even know what size pajamas to buy you. That seems like a dangerous area to get into. I'm usually like a small. Because they're like unisex, basically? Yeah, like in, like like, in, in women's pajamas, I'm a small. Okay. That's and what are, what are you, like a large, extra large, double XL, 4XL? Oh, everything in me. Here's Tim Riley. I don't Riley. know, by then you might have grown a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> Thanks so much. Here's Tim Riley. Where are you, though? I'm a large. Okay. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. He likes extra room while he's sleeping. <laughs> Well, right now, uh, Hillary is searching the superdelegate lunchroom and finding nobody there. As a matter of fact, Hillary's having trouble finding any superdelegate to meet with her or speak with her. Oh, they're all hiding. They're all, like, in the bathroom, like, with the stall door shut but standing on the toilet. Uh-huh. Well, it all began with Tim Russett, uh went on MSNBC last night and uh, said All the right, following. let me start you with the same simple question. Did it just end tonight? Uh, we now know who the Democratic nominee is going to be, and no one's going to dispute it, Keith. Uh, you know, sometimes in campaigns... The candidate is the last to re last to recognize uh, the best timing. Uh, it's very much like being on life support. Once they start removing the systems, uh, you really have no choice. If in fact these reports of Senator Clinton giving her campaign more money are true, then the Clintons have a big decision to make in the morning. Do they go into further debt? Uh, knowing that to be the case, yes. Uh, their ability to raise money. She's not uh, after. The events of tonight are going to be very difficult, as opposed to what happened after Pennsylvania when money roared in because people saw a realistic chance. Uh, that no longer exists. Uh, they know it. Obama knows it. And the voters who've been covering this race very intensely, following it very, very closely, mm -hmm. now know it as well. That's why Senator Clinton has canceled her TV appearances, canceled her public appearances. She has some real soul-searching to do. And uh, those closest to her will give them a hard-headed analysis. And if they lay it all out, they'll say, what is the rationale? What do we say to the undeclared superdelegates tomorrow? Why do we tell them you're staying in the race? And tonight, there is no good answer for that. You don't have to worry about the superdelegates. They're nowhere to be found. No, and I love the idea. Now, you know uh, that I root for Hillary just because I root for chaos, but I do like the image of Hillary wandering up and down the halls like, Hello? I, it's Hillary Clinton. I, I'm running for... Hello? And then it's just... And somebody said, Tell her I'm not here. I don't... Don't, 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 don't... Grace! Grace! Tell her I'm at lunch! You know, and, just, and you can see footsteps along the crack underneath the door. <laughs> totally, you can see that you can see the shadow. Yeah. You can see the shadow of Hillary's feet as you look down the car. Oh, no. Shh, shh. Be quiet. Grab his right No, shh. You know, and then only then will the senator, you know, the superdelegate come out and bolt for his car and drive home. Unplug the phones. Because the thing is, you don't want to meet with her and just say, well, no, you're effed. Um, because she'll as, kill you. Yeah, you know, as Chris Neiden said, she'll, uh, she'll kill you politically or otherwise. If you just come out, I'm not backing you. I'm backing Barack Obama. Uh, you know, Hillary will make you pay. Uh, because, you know, the thing is, even if, you know, even if she's not the delegate or the uh, nominee, which, she, you know, I think at this point won't be, um, She's she's still a senator and she's still going to have a position of power and she will make you pay and pay and there will be a punishing there will be a rendering, there will be a judgment due and next will crack, so that's why they're just trying to make a non-decision decision with her. So the word from uh, Hillary Camp, whatever that is, 
Uh, last night's results represent progress. Yes, it's progress for us. Of course, uh, she lent her campaign another $6 million over the past month, for a total of more than $11 million since the primary season began. All represent positive developments for her White House run, according uh-huh. to her people. All right. In the meantime, that guy that we thought was dead, George McGovern, for some reason, put himself back in the news today, uh, saying he talked at length to Hillary because, well, he was the only one around who would talk to her. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I had a good visit with him this morning. It, uh, he understands my uh, uh, decision, but, of course, is disappointed. Uh, talking to Bill Clinton, apparently. He says uh, Barack Obama has too big of a lead. I, I don't see how um, uh, Senator Clinton could now prevail in winning the nomination. Uh, Barack Obama has uh, uh, just uh, an overwhelming lead on the uh, pledged uh, delegates. Well, it does look like Obama's... calling himself uh, George McGovern. <laughs> he does. He sounds... I mean... He's some sort of like a marionette whose strings are all just frayed and about to break. That's kind of like like the amazing Zoltar when he runs when he runs down on batteries. So Obama more than likely at this point. I mean Hillary's not going to give up. I mean she'll take it. You will have to pry that race from her cold dead hands. I mean she's not going to give up until somebody comes and forcibly makes her quit. Uh, but it does seem that it's going to be Obama now unless he just made it. The only reason they're staying in obviously is they're hoping Obama makes some huge gaffe. They're just hoping he'll put his foot in it somehow. Uh, that and what does this Republican old guard do? Who are all behind her? Yeah. Well, that's responsible for, uh, Terry McAuliffe is the biggest troublemaker of all among them. Hillary's economic message, I think, is what has been driving her numbers here in Indiana, and I feel very comfortable. See? Well, you know, I got to say, I really am amazed that the Republican machine hasn't done more to take down Obama so far. I mean, Rush Limbaugh's been doing obviously his whole thing of urging Republicans to go vote for Hillary. They're waiting till he hangs the mission accomplished banner. Yeah. I I am surprised that the Republicans behind the scenes haven't been trying to kneecap Obama because they obviously want to run against Hillary. So, yeah. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hi, Sarah, Tim, and Rick. Hello. Just wanted to let you, don't worry about tennis balls or, or paint buckets or old guys in, in the reservoirs. The Bull Run reservoirs are actually three pristine lakes up above Sandy. They're fed with snow runoff. They're fed with rain. Is this like one of those lakes they always show in a beer commercial? Exactly, exactly. From the purest glacier water and hops. Comes... Now, the only problem is they're real honest-to-God lakes. I mean, when they have horses up there, the horses, I'm not making it up, the horses have to wear diapers because they really want to protect the water. Somebody else told me that, actually, that they diaper up the horses that have yeah. to go through there. Yeah. But the problem is like it's, job. it's still a lake. And huh? it's got fish in it, and it's got Randy Crawdads doing what Randy Crawdads Randy doing Crawdads. That's going to be my uh, DJ name when I end up working in Tennessee. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're listening to Randy Crawdads. So it's like, it's all regular things that happen. So, you know, an occasional bird flies over. It's no problem. It's And we have one of the best drinking waters. I don't work for the Water Bureau, but we have one of the best drinking waters in the country. It's part of the circle of life. Exactly. Everybody poops, sir. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. Oh, Rick. Hi, you're, it's true. It's a scientific fact. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick. Yes, hi. You haven't followed the water cycle far enough yet, and you just about summed it up with your last comment about everybody pooping. You flush your toilet, goes into the storm system, goes gets treated at the wastewater treatment plant, gets dumped back into the river, heads back out into the ocean, evaporates out over the ocean, Rises up into the atmosphere, forms as clouds, and then comes back as rain. So are, it goes full circle. <laughs> we are just living in one giant terrarium, aren't we? Yeah. It brings... Like a whole thing going on there. Yeah. Ah, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick, I have the best pajama suggestion for you for Sarah. She uh, mentioned Walmart. What is and I And I happen to know, as the father of two young children, uh-huh. two young daughters, 
that they have a whole line of Hannah Montana clothes at Walmart. Sarah just mouthed the word no. Okay, I'm writing that down. <laughs> Hannah Montana. How horrifying would that be? Oh, That's fantastic. No. With a Hannah Montana pajama. Hannah Montana. Yeah, she, she also mentioned she's a size small usually. Yeah. I'm sure they have, like, a girl's husky at Walmart, which would be I'm going to get you something, point. and I'm going to make sure the husky tag is, like, glued to the outside. <laughs> I'm sure there are more of those than anything. <laughs> I'm right. sure there, were, there have to be husky clothes. Husky. Fantastic. What does that even mean, husky? A husk is a thing that's on corn. No, 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 but I mean, from where does that word come? Isn't a husk a thing that's on the outside of a coconut? a dog. Yeah. I mean, you're dog-sized, Sarah. All right. Thank you, sir. You bet. You're a good person. All right. Yeah, so, um... We'll do a um, we'll do another uh, 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 recap. You know what I'm gonna we'll... find? I'm gonna find some that that you might that might look like you might have picked them out because you thought they were cool, like some Dale Earnhardt pajamas. <laughs> oh, 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 f you! Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll we'll do another. Uh, we'll get uh, whatever an update uh, on the bidding here in, in just a short while. We just got a bid for Sarah's team. I saw that come in. Um, so uh, this is for the Sleep Country USA Pajama Bowl, which is going to be happening Sunday, May 18th. What else happened on May 18th, 1980? 1980. What happened on May 18th? St. Helens. Yes. Well done, girl who's only lived in Portland for a couple years. Yes, May 18th, 1980, the uh, anniversary of the Mount St. Helens explosion. So um, on Sunday, May 18th, the Sleep Country Pajama Bowl, we're going to be bowling for Trillium Family Services, one of Oregon's largest nonprofit providers, mental health services uh, to foster children and their families. Sarah and I are each trying to round up five people to bowl on our teams. We will bowl against each other. Uh, call up right now. I, I don't even know where the minimum bid is right now. It started at 50. It might be uh, more than that right now. I don't know. But we're each going to uh, end up with five people on our teams. Uh, and all the money goes to Trillium Family Services. And then uh, Sarah and I will be picking out pajamas uh, for each other uh, to wear. And I think we have a no lingerie yeah, rule. But uh, each other's hair. And then later, and later we're gonna, <laughs> later she'll be putting my hair in a French braid, and I'll put lip gloss on her. Uh, and we're all gonna live in a dungeon. Here's Tim Riley. <laughs> Time for a snuff watch. Okay. Here's your snuff watch. play that whole song sometime. Mm-hmm. Well, up to 100,000 people make me dead at the at, uh, Myromar country that nobody can find. But most importantly, the co-founder of Baskin Robbins Ice Cream has died at the age of 90. The man who helped build the 31 flavor craze of ice cream, Baskin Robbins, has died at the age of 90. Irvin Roberts died at his home in Rancho Mirage, California. His daughter, Marcia, said he'd been ill for quite some time. Generations of kids trooped to Baskin-Robbins ice cream to buy ice cream flavors such as pralines and cream, daiquiri ice, and pink bubble gum. Robbins opened his first ice cream store in Glendale, California in December 1945, following his discharge from the Army. Robbins offered 21 flavors at that store. His brother-in-law, Burton Baskin, opened up his own (laughs) ice cream store in neighboring Pasadena a year later. The two eventually joined forces to become Baskin-Robbins. Hold on a second. I have uh, I have some jokes about him that somebody sent me. Um, we have here, people have sent us uh, wacky taglines for this story. So Baskin-Robbins, I was actually just thinking about uh, Baskin-Robbins the other day. 
when you see Baskin Robbins, I thought you kind of feel sad for them a little bit because they've been outstripped a little bit by Ben and Jerry's. Mm. Uh, you know, and and I to be fair, I haven't actually eaten a Baskin Robbins in some time, but I remember uh, being I was quite mint chocolate chip ice cream is the greatest. I was quite fond of their ice cream growing up. Here's the other great thing the Baskin Robbins had. Uh, Baskin Robbins had or perhaps has those uh, great like uh, sort of. Um, like a clown hats and whatever that they would make out of ice cream, where it'd be like a cone and then a scoop, and then they would put like, uh, and it would be upside down on another cookie, and it would be, it would look like a clown head. And they would also, they also they, when I was a kid, they had this thing that was like an Oscar the Grouch cake that they would sell to made out of ice cream, which is pretty fantastic. And then my sister worked at Baskin Robbins when she was, I think, 15, she got a job there. And to me, and I was like, I, I would have been then five. Um, and which was like the best thing in the entire world that my older sister worked at Baskin Robbins because we would just go by and just, you know, you know, like good Americans all the time. So, I mean, they really are. Would you say, Tim, that they are the ones who brought ice cream really to the masses? Yes. That they were the Starbucks of ice cream in their day? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, again, they've been a little, you know, usurped a little bit by Ben and Jerry's, but they are truly, they are truly American originals. I mean, that is, and when did he start that? When does it say? 1945. So that is right about, you know, when, like when the post-war baby boom started, yeah. when the Mad Men era was uh, in full flourish. When I do think about that era of America, I do think of Baskin-Robbins. Um, and the idea, and that it really is, I don't mean to sound, you know, like I'm overstating it, but that really is America in a nutshell in some ways. The idea that, you know, there's whole sections of this world where people are just eating sand for dinner, and we've got a store that sells nothing but 31 different flavors of ice cream, which is fantastic. That's so, because we do things right, and the rest of the people do things wrong. That's right, Tim, and not enough people make that point. So uh, let's go around the room. Favorite flavor of ice cream? Sarah? Mint chocolate chip. Really? Oh, absolutely. Always? Is that what you always get? Always and forever. Good for you. I like mint chocolate chip quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Tim? Uh, soy mint chocolate chip. All right, mint chocolate chip. And then I, uh, I'm i a big fan of anything with coconut uh, or anything with coffee. Uh, like a coffee ice cream or like a, you know, like a, any sort of like an espresso-type ice cream. They also used to sell something at Baskin-Robbins. Uh, which was called Quarterback Crunch, which I don't think they sell anymore, but they would sell it during football season. And it was like some weird combination of, like, caramel, nuts, and then it had, like, a coconut ribbon put through it, which was just fantastic. So, all right, well, uh, we've got these jokes here. Uh, Rick, Baskin-Robbins guys, dead at the age of 90. Um, this one goes to cr- the credit. Uh, the credit for this one goes to somebody else. Um, the 31-gun salute. Ha-ha. We have these. Or... Since he's going to be cremated, everybody at the funeral will line up and be given a tiny plastic spoon to have one final taste of a man they loved. We have a whole box of plastic spoons in the kitchen. We do. We have mini spoons. Did you want to carry around a little plastic spoon for him, Rick? Just tape it there. Just tape it there like a, like a ribbon. Uh, or this final joke about the, uh, the Baskin-Robbins guy who's dead. In lieu of flowers, the family asks that you send sprinkles. I'll be here all week. Here's Tim Riley. So from the mailbag today, a possible interviews. Who is getting rich off your sadness? <laughs> Everybody. An expert exposes what is keeping your listeners depressed. This is a discussion topic. Uh, how addictive are, are happy pills? What about people who say their lives are completely turned around? By, uh, before 1980, it was rare to be diagnosed depressed. What caused this change? So uh, we can have this uh, Joan Matthews Larson, a Ph.D., Tell us 
Who's getting rich off our sadness? Uh, speaking of getting rich off my sadness, so if, for those who have expressed interest in the ongoing trials and travails of Rick Emerson's mental health, uh, my appointment with the shrink isn't for another uh, three and a half weeks. So everybody's just going to have to live with my craziness until then. Um, what day is it? It's on lotion you can put on. The... Men's... Is there some kind of brain lotion? I don't know. Richie, is there some kind of lotion I should be applying? Should we call Richie? I have a sounder for him. Do you? All right. Well, it's like a Here's a the Richie by. Bristol sounder. Well, I suppose. Never get tired of this. Never so get tired of this. My appointment is on June 2nd, and until then, Tim, I think everybody's just going to have to suffer through it. Oh, we'll be all right. You'll just have to tolerate me. That's all right. I know you have worked don't on... Don't use us as therapists <laughs> in the meantime. All right. Hello, Richie Bristol. Oh, no, I would never do that, Sarah. <laughs> I would never use this program as the cheap excuse for actual mental health. Hi, Richie Bristol. Hello. All right. Um, so uh, where are we at in terms of uh, the Sleep Country Pajama Bowl pledging? Uh, all of a sudden, Sarah is caught up with you. So wait, so we have five slots. So we have five bowlers for each of us? Yes. And uh, she got like two $150 bits. Really? Somebody loves her. Okay. Uh, so... So good. At least we have teams. So we have, uh, but we have another uh, what? Two and a half hours? Yeah, it's another two and a half hours, uh, during which, if you want to be on Sarah's bowling team uh, for the Sleep Country uh, USA Pajama Bowl, which is happening on Sunday, May 18th, um, you can call up and w- what you do is you call five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Call up, you say you pick either my team or Sarah's. You say what's the lowest bid. Uh, you guys will tell that person, let's say the lowest bid is 50 bucks. Uh, you tell them, and then they, maybe they bid 60 or 70 or whatever. If the lowest bid is 100, uh, maybe they bid 110 or something. Uh-huh. And then at the end of the day, we will announce the five highest bidders for both Sarah's team and myself. Uh, and then that actually is going to be happening uh, Sunday, May 18th. All benefits going to the Trillium Family Services and uh, TrilliumFamily.org. All right. Well, plus, some people are giving us ranges. So they're saying we'll bid 50 to They'll 75. They'll bid up to range? They will bid up to. Oh, okay. Up to this amount, and we keep them at the lowest amount they give us. So, in other words, you are authorized. This is this is like on eBay, where you are authorized to bid on their behalf up to. Yeah, but they will get the lowest bid. If nobody else beats it. Yeah. All right, excellent. And so the number is 503-733-2970. Thank you, Richie Bristol. All right, I also got this. So you got that guest opportunity about Happy Pills. I got this. The wacky world of body wraps. I think this is because it's like a Mother's Day thing. Um, are you sending mom to get a body wrap on Mother's Day? How creepy would that be, that by the way? Creepy. Hi, mom. I've I've got you a thing to make you more effable. Uh, here's some fine. Well, that's what it is, right? That's what a, I don't even know what a body wrap is. I don't know, but you shouldn't say things. I, like I think that. it's I think it's seaweed. <laughs> that doesn't. What I don't know. Like yeah, body like yeah, seaweed. I, when, you say, skin. when you say a body wrap, I just picture them like taking my mom and just wrapping her really tightly in saran wrap. No, no. That's something you need to work out. <laughs> Doesn't that, isn't that no, what? No, it's a seaweed Isn't that what it sounds like? It is, but I don't think it's a common. Problem. Look, if you said Reynolds wrap, uh, you would think it's the saran wrap. If you say, what's this? Well, it's a, uh. It's a, like like if you mom go, for Mother's Day I want to wrap you in plastic <laughs> <laughs> and then get out my bone saw. Um, the uh, no, but if you go to Hawthorne, it's like what is this? Well, it's a you know it's a it's a it's a chicken wrap. I mean, it's like it, it's chicken that is entirely wrapped up in some sort of like a burrito well, thing. What, what, I don't when think you're going to wrap your mother in chicken. <laughs> yeah, when your mind deviates to cellophane. <laughs> I don't know what a look. I don't spend a lot of time at a spa, Sarah. As you might have noticed. He spends all his time at the reservoir. <laughs> Throwing tennis balls. Spend, so, I would gather, I would imagine right now, if you pulled in the average guy in the hallway and asked him to describe a body wrap, 
he would figure it was something where you got all wrapped up in plastic for some reason. All right, well, should I find somebody in the hall? Let's find the, hold on, let's, yeah, let's all find right. the next man who's walking by who is not, who's not listening to the show right now. That'll be difficult because we're immensely popular in this building. Well, Sarah Dillon's out looking for Matt. She'll be, she'll find one. All right. Hmm. I think Matt's a listener, but I believe he does listen. He yeah. does. All right. So we'll we'll find that out here. All right. Well, in any event, um, so uh, there are many types of body wraps out there. Apparently, anyway. Blah 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 blah. So uh, they, I don't even understand this guest. There's this guest about body wraps. Hey, uh, Matt Green, were you listening to the show just now? I was. Now, did you hear us talking about Mother's Day? Uh, just uh, it, kind of in the background. I was on the uh, okay. I'm going to ask you. Webs. I'm going to ask you a question now. And okay. there's, there's nothing riding on this one way or the other. Do you know? And if you do not, do you have a guess as to what is a body wrap? Do you know what a body wrap is? Like, like, a, say like if somebody a wants to buy a, a body wrap for their mother for uh-huh. Mother's, Mother's Day. Day, Mom, I'm going to get you a body wrap. Do you know what that is? And if you don't, what would you imagine it to be? I have to admit, I do not know what it is, but I would think it would be something connected with the health industry. But I mean, what what is what the process? What would you think that the person would be like, wrapping? What, what what, sort of like wrapping up a mummy, I would think, only this time for live people to with make what them look kind of material? More youthful, oh, cotton, linen, muslin, I have no clue. Okay, but so wrapping them from head to toe in something. Yeah. Okay, see? Like, uh, some sort of a health weight loss. Now, would you, deal. That is, mother and a Muslim. That is no... <laughs> no, would you rather... <laughs> the loving arms of a Muslim. Like, say, if you had the choice between, if you thought it would be like wrapping in... Like seaweed or wrapping in saran wrap, which one would you think? I think seaweed sounds healthier. Se- seaweed sounds okay, healthy. but I seaweed is trendy enough to be healthy. I wasn't that given that choice thing, though. That's that's, that's unfair though because I wasn't given that option. Yeah, but your brain went to saran wrap. I said that I thought it was like being wrapped in some sort of a plastic. <laughs> well, of course his brain went there immediately. It's Rick, for God's sake. <laughs> okay, he said wrapped head to toe in linen, which is not which is closer to cool. saran wrap than it is to seaweed. No, saran wrap's clear. At least linen is like you know kind of a substance like seaweed. I thought that they might wrap you in some sort of a treated plastic or something uh, that helps to tighten up your skin or get emollients or whatever it is you need uh, or something. Get the nasty toxins. Whatever. Well, what would be the point in wrapping somebody up in muslin? That doesn't even make any sense. I have no idea. We're going to make you into a flat for drama class. <laughs> Isn't muslin like cheesecloth? Similar. I think so. I don't even know what that would... I don't even know what seaweed accomplishes. Why do you wrap someone in seaweed? Because it's healthy. It comes from the ocean. That's <laughs> what it says, yes. Sharks come from the ocean. I'm not going to wrap you in teeth. <laughs> All right. Oh, All right. I just don't know. Well, I'm glad you didn't know either, because I have no idea. Anytime you don't need to know something, just give me a call. <laughs> done and done. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Do we know any more than when we began this conversation? No. no. But listen to this. There are many types of wraps well, out there. We know a little bit more about Rick and what goes on in his mind. Yeah. Many <laughs> types of body wraps are downright weird, Sarah and Tim. <laughs> Would you like to know what some of the, uh, some of the, uh, what Donna Lisa, who is a licensed skincare expert, what some of her recommendations are for body wraps? Yes, Donna Lisa. Rule number one. I'm just reading this right off the page. Never dehydrate your mom. Said Norman Bates. <laughs> but he didn't listen. Uh, Norman! Rule number two. Make sure the body wrap solution contains no organics. So I don't even know what that means. Uh, rule three. Find out if mom just wants a relaxing body wrap or a body wrap that is relaxing and that will make her look 30 inches slimmer. If your mom needs to be made 30 inches slimmer, first of all, unless your mom is... You're too fat. And unless your mom is 60 inches to begin with, she'll be gone if she's 30 inches slimmer. She will not exist anymore. Yeah. If your mom has a 60 waist... Maybe 30 inches she could lose and still be normal. Did you know that seaweeds actually provide more than half the earth? 
oxygen? No. Yes. I didn't know that, Tim. See the rich oxygenation, Rick. Mm. Uh-huh. You can wrap your body with. Whatever. We've got a break. Seaweed is a welcoming product for the skin. Our skin can never get too much water. In my own defense. It comes from the Brittany coast of France, and you know how the French are. My thing about wrapping somebody in saran wrap was this. I thought that maybe it was a thing like a sauna where it's like a, where they just want you to sort of sweat a lot and to get impurities out. And I thought, well, maybe uh, they put you in saran wrap or some sort of plastic covering, and then you're in sort of a hot environment, so you sort of sweat a lot of impurities out of your body. That's kind of what I thought the saran wrap would be for. Will be sort of increased to you know like to to make you sweat more so that you would get you know your body would sort of be more cleansed or something. At well, the that end. is sensible. See, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't seem so crazy. No. Who's laughing now? But I think it's wrong. All right, let's take a break. Back is it 12:40? 1241. Boy, like time through the hourglass. Jesus. <laughs> are these the days of our life? They are. <laughs> like sewage down the drain. So is this program. Back after this, here's the Groovy Ghoulies. Emerson Radio Program. We just heard, so now we have, not to be all about the glory of us, uh, but so now we have somebody coming from Seattle for the listener party. Oh, is that Tony in Seattle? I think it is. Is that his name? Yep. Tony? Yeah. I think that then there may be two different guys, because a guy named, there's Tony in Seattle, but isn't Matt, a guy named Matt from Seattle coming yeah, down for the listener party, too? I think he's coming down, too. Yeah. Oh, very cool. They're both And then who was the other guy who came in and danced for, um, was it me? Mike? Was that Mike? The guy that came in and did the dance for you on your birthday? Yeah. And he lives in Seattle, too, I think. I think so. He was at the last one. Oh, no. We're being those people again where we can't remember the guy's name. But I think that is either Matt or Tony. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm sorry. No, that's not Matt or Tony. I'm sorry. I was up late last night trying to answer my space messages because I've been slacking on that. And So we got people coming from Seattle. Did you get the, did you guys get the email from the guy? That, maybe I shouldn't say this on the air, but the guy that's writing the book? Oh, yeah. yeah. How yeah. cool is that? That is cool. I won't uh, give any more details about it. I don't want to, you know, I, I will respect the artist and his privacy. But there's a, there's a guy writing a book, and one of the main characters in the book is a talk show host. So, so I guess he's going to come in and he's going to sort of uh, observe. If you guys are cool with it, he's going to come in and sort of observe the show for a little while and then use that to sort of flesh out the book, which is pretty cool. Um, that's like, have you watched the movie Talk Radio? Here is a little uh, fun fact. You watch the movie Talk Radio with Eric Bogosian, a movie which is based on one of my favorite books of all time. It's an interesting movie. It's a compelling movie in sections, uh, and I love Eric Bogosian. It's based on one of my all-time favorite books, uh, which perhaps you could purchase at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing. It's a book by um, Stephen Singular called Talked to Death, which is one of my one of the, the, my favorite books of all time, uh, which is it's a biography of a guy named Alan Berg, who was a Jewish talk show host in Denver, who was uh, killed by some neo-Nazis from Washington in 1984. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. So it's based on his life, loosely. But for the mannerisms of of Barry Champlain uh, in the movie Talk Radio, on what talk show host do you suppose the mannerisms of Barry Champlain were based? What talk show host did they observe in action for that? I don't know. I don't know. And you guys have both seen the movie, right? Yeah. When you think about it, if you, if you, anybody, does it remind you of anybody? 
Well, I don't know how long anyone I would think of Lars. That movie. Well, I was thinking of like Lars. That movie like came that out in 1987. So. I don't know, Tim. Got a guess? 1987. Yeah. So this person was broadcasting in 1987. Bruce Williams. Tom Likas. So Tom Likas is the guy that they uh, that, that uh, Eric Bogosian came and observed before he filmed that movie. Um, so when you watch the next time you watch the movie talk radio, which again I have problems with the movie, but the next time you watch the movie talk radio, think Tom Likas uh, because that's the guy uh, that Barry Champlain's mannerisms oh, came no from. Oh no way! Yeah. So anyway, so there you go. Uh, uh, anyway, so before we get back to the news, so, so we got people coming from Seattle for this. Um, I got an email from a listener in Utah who had toyed with the idea of coming here. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. And here we are. Uh, we have now Carolyn Tucson coming up for the listener party. Um, let's see. Uh, I will definitely be at listener party 11. Uh, signed, Woot Carol in Tucson. Uh, so there you go. So uh, we're less than uh, 10 days away. We are now eight days from Rick Emerson listener party 11 happening next Thursday. Oh, boy. No pressure. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, I am disappointed. One of my favorite talk show hosts is quitting. Now, when you say favorite, are you being ironic? No, I'm not. Favorite? I watch her on television. She's on late. I, I record it and watch it at a more convenient Susie time. Orman? Sue Johansson, the host of oh. Talk Sex on Oxygen. The old woman. The she's old great. Oh, she is fantastic. I love this show. Oh. The final show airs at midnight Sunday. She it's... says she's going to miss it terribly. Uh, her final show will count down this year's top ten sex toys. She began. This is a Canadian show, by the way. It began as a Canadian radio show in 1984, and she's now 77. I uh, never would have thought she was that old. Yeah, she said uh, she had to recognize that at 1 a.m. when her shows ended was not her finest hour, and since it's a call-in show, taping the show earlier didn't make sense. Why? Well, I mean, why is it always old women that do the best sex talk things? I mean, she really is. It's a great program. I mean, it really is. And boy, some of the people that call that show are just blindingly dumb. Yeah. I mean, really, those are the people and that you... all from middle America. <laughs> you need that show. I was to understand that if I use Coca-Cola as a douching agent, I can prevent pregnancy. And then she's just, she, you know, and she just does, she has that response of like, and, and to her credit, she she deals with people like that and doesn't treat them like morons. Face. Yeah, I mean she you know I remember Doctor Youth, uh, Doctor Youth, Doctor Ruth used to do the same thing mm-hmm. um, in the eighties. Uh, you know where she would just sit there. The lubrication is very important. You know, and you would just sit there like, who is this crazy woman from Under the Rainbow? Um, well, that's too bad. Yeah, I'm so a... tar- sex is oxygen most most uh, popular late night show. That doesn't surprise me at all. I mean. The only editing Oxygen ever did was to urge her not to use a particular slang word for the penis. Really? Uh, she's not retiring. She'll continue to give lectures. I'm a ham, she says, and I love a large audience. Good for her. All right. Well, she'll be missed. She uh, will be. That's the only good thing on that network. All right. Here's Tim Riley. So uh, getting back to Mother's Day stuff. Say, so why not give your mom uh, an eye exam for Mother's Day? Dr. Irene Gibson of Women's Eye Help says two-thirds of all people who are either blind or visually impaired... Are women? It's part because of the fact, sort of a good fact, that uh, women tend to live longer than men, and eye diseases accrue with age. I don't know what good fat is. Never mind. I don't, I don't care. Know. I don't care. Let's not talk about it. Don't call. Don't call. Uh, all right. So get your mom and I exam. Not a uh, yeah, sexy body wrap. It's a wonderful uh, Mother's Day gift. We encourage people to take their mother to get an eye exam because. Getting a regular eye exam is one of those issues that's so important in preventing loss of vision. You know, my mom just, uh, the thing about Mother's Day, and I didn't even know Mother's Day was this Sunday. I completely forgot about it until Sunday. Is it this Sunday? It is. But see, oh, it is. Yep, it is this Sunday. I had the most awkward conversation with somebody the other day where I had said, 
So uh, anyway, so Mother Day, Mother's Day is coming up. Did you remember, you know, to get your no, my mother's dead. And then it was just like this long, awkward, and and I the person just let it hang out there for a second. And I went, I'm so sorry. Um, but um, I had totally forgotten it was Mother's Day until Susan Reynolds, who is herself a mom, came in, and we're going to be doing a little um, filming one uh, final small piece of video for the listener part. We're going to be filming that this weekend, just Joni and myself and, and Susan and uh, a couple other people, just some real small. And and we were trying to figure out the day. And I said, so, Susan, can you do that on Sunday? And she's like, no, I can't. It's Mother's Day. And I and I, my my look must have betrayed my ignorance because without even asking me, she took a Sharpie and she went over to my big wall calendar in the office and she circled and wrote Mother's Day in big letters. So the good news is my mom just bought a dog. Uh, so I can always, I, it, I don't have to really think about it. I'll just get her something for the dog and, and then something small for her, and it'll be, you know, done, taken care of. Get both at the dollar store. <laughs> exactly, Tim. And she lives far enough away, she doesn't need to know that it's from the dollar store. All dollar stores have the same thing. Yeah. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, something else for the ladies. More and more uh, ladies are mixing work with pleasure. Are they survey ever? by Oscar Meyer Wieners <laughs> has found that 67% of all singles are finding love on the job. Actress Melora Hardin, whose character of Jan is on the NBC Office program, has had her own office romance with Michael, played by Steve Carroll. She says finding love in the workplace makes sense to her. I think it's definitely, uh, you know, uh, on the upswing. Single people are, are working longer and longer hours, and they have less and less time outside of the office to find love. I, I, well, I don't know if I was going to say I call BS on it, but I don't know if I do or not. I mean, it does seem like... It does seem like, on the one hand, the places where you can find somebody to date are diminished, but on the other hand, there's the Internet, although I think there's still, and in my opinion, a really unfair stigma attached to meeting people online. I think that that is a thing that within the next ten years, that, I think, is going to be a generational marker. Within the last within the last few years, the Internet dating thing has really, I mean, just the Internet itself has really just become an inextricable part of the American life. And... But you will still meet people now that say, you know, well, where did you meet? Well, we met on the Internet. And they'll kind of smirk or they'll make fun or whatever. And I think that is, that's going to be like having a VCR that blinks 12 noon all the time. Within the next few years, I think if someone says that they find Internet dating to be silly or they sort of don't, you know, they think it's weird, I think that will immediately mark you as an old person. That's going to be one of the new litmus tests. Because, I mean, there's just, there's just no, there's no weirdness attached to it anymore. But, so there aren't a lot of places to meet people anywhere. But I, uh, but I can't. I can't imagine that workplace dating is... It just seems like such a bad idea. I mean, it just seems like it could go wrong in so many dozens of ways. New York is one of the best places for office romances. New York is at the top of the list, which doesn't surprise me, being that uh, that Jan was working out of the corporate offices of Dunder Mifflin in New York, and uh, that's where her office romance started with Michael. But the bottom of the list is Chicago. Well, all right. Uh, there are plenty of careers that lend themselves to office romances. The top of that list is banking, which is a surprise to me. And the bottom of that list is hospitality, which I think that that seems quite funny. Like the two should be swapped somehow. So this is so they, this is actually a story that they give the stories that she has been handed a story by somebody else to read yes. for these sound bites. Mm -hmm. All right, good for her. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Diana from downtown. Oh, hey, hey. Hi, hey, do you. you remember that whole debacle about Thanksgiving and that list that you have to uh, comply with? Mother's Day, yes. Yes, yes. So you have two Mother's Day gifts to get. Oh, that. Oh, that's right. Thank yeah. you for reminding me. i got to buy something for my mother-in-law, well, well, too. Yeah, but you can go. You know, Rick Emerson works well on the Pro Flowers thing. Now, that is true. No, 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 that's true. Pro Flowers <laughs> always. Nothing says I love you like Pro Flowers, but I should probably get something above and beyond that. I just, I don't. 
Well, I know, but uh, the way you were talking, I knew you totally forgot it. And if you forgot it, oh. You know, and I, I do, I will say this, actually, and I mean this sincerely. One of the good things about Pearl Flowers is you can go there and you can actually set, you can order in advance for, like, the next 10 years' worth of holidays, and then it just, like, and then you don't have to do anything. They just deliver themselves automatically. when the, It's like setting an alarm or something. Okay, I'm going to do that today. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, you're a good person. All right. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So a man finds a pit bull stuck in the engine compartment of his truck. Uh, Walter Whithop had just woken up, went outside to put the power steering fluid in the vehicle. When he popped the hood, he found something that shocked him. And when I opened it up, there's a pair of eyes staring at me and this growl. It's like, oh, it blew me away. I didn't know what to do. The pit bull tried to eat its way through the car. I kind of call it a pit stop. This pit got stuck in my engine and wants to find a place to stop. But I just cut the truck out of repair last week. Well, okay. By the way, somebody sent me the best pajamas for you, sir. I don't even know if I want to reveal them. Oh, I think you should. I have only uh, I have only two words for you. By the way, uh, we'll bring Richie in a little later on to do an update on the uh, Sleep Country USA Pajama Bowl. Uh, pledge Drive, uh, right now uh, there are uh, five people each uh, for Sarah's team and my team. Uh, we'll find out what the minimum bid is. Uh, to sort of, you know, to, to, to knock somebody else out of you, to find out what the minimum... Do we know what the minimum bids are? Well, I, I don't know. I, we'll find out, because the, the initial bid, the starting bid was 50 bucks. But the deal is, of course, you know, that as, as we get further on in the day, as the bids get higher and higher, you know, if somebody's bid 100 bucks, you can bid 110 and get their spot on the team. Um, and then, uh, just to make it more interesting, so Sarah will be picking, because we have to bowl in our pajamas. And I think everybody does. I think everybody has to bowl in their pajamas. So, this is like the court and fat boy thing. Everybody's got to wear a bathrobe. So, Sarah will be picking up my pajamas. I will be picking up Sarah's pajamas. And I have only the two, these two words for you, Sarah. Those words are Lil Brats. Oh. That's fantastic. All right, here's Tim Riley. Sarah, did you know that Vladimir Putin is no longer the president of Russia? No. They got a brand new president. His name is Dmitry Medvedev. When did that happen? Uh, just today. Okay. So don't send any more letters to uh, Vladimir Putin. He won't get them. <laughs> but uh, Russian fan Russian fan magazines will be forwarding those. Uh, let's see, Rick. I am coming down from the party from Seattle. I would. I am coming down for the party. No way that I would miss it. Uh, this guy says, I am also offering any other Seattle area listener that wants a ride to the party a lift. Uh, I can bring up to three passengers, and there will be stops at liquor stores along the way, presumably where those bottles will then go into the trunk and remain sealed, sir. Uh, find me on Rick's My Space page. Uh, so there you go. So, oh, that is Tony in Seattle, who is offering to bring uh, any other Seattle listeners uh, down, up to three people he can bring uh, with him. Fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. Women dressed in business suits and stealing gas in central Florida. They're the latest example of criminals using creative ways to steal gasoline. As the prices remain high, the crimes increase. Now they involve women. They don't call it gas anymore. It's called liquid gold. Uh, they just give a fake credit card and try to take off. Well, some of the crimes are happening several times a week. Uh, recently, police said gas thieves targeted Central Florida rental trucks and even used a device to hack station pumps. They never seen a device or technology used to steal gasoline in one instance, but it's out there, and now women are getting involved. Uh, speaking of the Toyota Prius, as we did yesterday, the new 2009 model is now out. It is a hybrid. It consists of a lean-burning gasoline engine and electric motor. They work together to achieve more than 40 miles to a gallon, and in some cases, 50 miles an hour if you drive in the city. And uh, let's see, the price of the old new Prius will probably be about the same, and that goes for $21,000. So $21,000, actually, that's five grand less than they were a couple years ago when I first started looking at them. Uh -huh. So. 
Uh, it's uh, You're listening to KCMD Portland, by the way. So if you go to rickemerson.com, you can see the final four horrifying pages of Richie's online uh, cyber sex transcript. Um, we have this uh, this analysis of it. Rick, um, what the F is up with that part of the transcript where Richie goes to get his lotion, insert shutter here, and he says he gets it, and I hadn't thought about this. Richie goes to get his lotion, and he says he, quote, gets it all over the hallway, the stairs, and a dresser. Either he's having a seizure with the lotion, or he's trying to be sexy. My brain is imploding at either choice. Um, and I like how Richie, he says, I like slash hate how Richie is being so literal about the fan and the lotion. He can't find a hair dryer, so he wants to use a fan, but that won't reach. Then he looks for... <laughs> <laughs> then he looks for a magazine to wave at his at his junk. <laughs> it's like he can't figure out sexy talk. He tries to clarify everything like, wait, you're on my and under me. What's a salami? Where's the magazine? What color is the wallpaper in your room? LOL, LOL, And then he describes himself as, quote, just being in my sandwich socks. What the hell? Way to sound appetizing, Richie. The accumulated amount of ick I just experienced is a little bit overwhelming. There's not enough soap in the world, and now it's the lunch hour. Hooray. <laughs> All right. I didn't really read far enough into that to to realize, because Richie had this lotion that apparently heats up when you blow on it. I didn't really read far enough to discover that he tried to get a fan, to, to so he's slathering himself in this air-sensitive heating lotion. He tries to get a fan to blow on himself. That doesn't work. Because the cord won't reach. He tries to get a hair dryer, which does seem like just screaming for some sort of industrial accident where he runs flaming from the house like Richard Pryor. Th that won't work either. So then he gets a, ma a magazine, and he is just waving the magazine at his exposed groin. So you can read this or not at rickemerson.com. Here's Tim Riley. Hey, maybe this should be a snuff watch. Bees are dying at unsustainable levels. A survey of bee health released today revealed a grim picture with 36.1% of the nation's bees dying last year. It was commissioned by the bee people. The beekeepers travel with their hives this spring to pollinate crops around the country. It's clear the insects are bucking under the weight of new diseases, pesticide drift, and old enemies like the parasite mite. Uh, this is the second year the association has measured bee deaths across the country. That means there aren't enough numbers to slow a trend, but clearly... Bees are dying at unmentionable levels, and the situation is not improving. For two years now, there's been a sustained and substantial bee loss. Imagine if one in three cows died, or one in three chickens died. That will raise a lot of alarm. But since they're just bees, nobody cares. You know, I call a whole bunch of shenanigans on this, because how would you even count the number of bees? How do they even know that? A little clicker. Like, they, they count salmon? <laughs> just waiting for the bees to fly by a red line you've bee drawn in the air? No, I don't... It seems that's like counting ants. There's no way in which you, you can count ants. Nobody counts ants. No, that's what I'm saying. Nobody counts bees. They're making this up. This is a fabricated story. Didn't we just have some story the other day about five billion bees descending on just one poor guy in Florida? But that's Florida. Yeah, I'm just saying, uh, you know, maybe that's where the bees have gone. Maybe maybe the bees... Maybe well, that's was... where they spend their winters. <laughs> it was like some sort of a... It was some sort of a Sturgis, uh, but for insects. Uh, anywho, all right, uh, this email says, Rick, are you even going to show up to the Pajama Bowl? I remember a year ago when you were given the chance to raise almost $8,000 for charity by simply pedaling to work, and you couldn't even be bothered with that. How do we know How do we know you're not going to leave your bowling team hanging in favor of staying home with Slim Jims and an Xbox? Well, it's all, it's all for the chance to make Sarah wear pajamas of my choice, sir. So not really for charity at all. 
No. Well, I mean, it is for charity, but I'm saying... Well, it, will, it will end up being for charity. Additional motivation will be the fact to pick out the pajamas that Sarah has to wear. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, here we go again. Ryan Seacrest is still getting another job. He might be adding hosting duties of another kind to his schedule in 2009. A source from close within CNN says Seacrest, who has filled in for his good friend Larry King in the past, is involved in serious negotiations to take over the Larry King Show. The New York Times in April 2007 said Seacrest would be the first choice to take over the show when the time comes. Well, he's our first choice to take over everything, Tim. There's nothing he can't do. So, uh, yes, he's very serious about his career, and he wants it to evolve. Hosting Larry King would be perfect for him. <laughs> the way you angrily take that story and slam it down on the pile of discarded news. All right, let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll uh, talk to our good friend Mr. Skin for a few moments. A teen survives a 25,000-volt shock that burned all his clothes. An English teen survived the electrical shock from an overhead power line that burned his clothes right off. The shock sent Sam Cunningham 25 feet off a railroad bridge onto the tracks below. He'd been, been retrieving a rugby ball at a bridge near his home in England when the current jumped from the electric railway line to his steel-toed boots. He was knocked unconscious by the fall and all his clothes were singed up. He's being treated in the special burns unit at a hospital in Merseyside. He will need skin grafts to make a full recovery. He says he's lucky to be alive. The current going through an overhead railway cable will be strong enough to kill anyone. But teenagers are more resilient than regular people. Jesus. Uh, and this email says, uh, does one have to be a good bowler to bid on the team? I'm horrible, oh, but no. I, I already made a bid on Sarah's team. Just because I had to choose, I wouldn't want to bring her down. Maybe I should switch my bid to your team so we can all lose together. I, by the way, am not a decent bowler at all. I am one of the worst bowlers you've ever seen in your life. So Sarah's a decent bowler. And I guess at some point we'll have to figure out, at the end of the show, we'll figure out who the top five bidders are. Uh, for each team, and I, because you guys ended yeah, up like, winning. What specific time? Uh, around two forty-five, probably. Okay. Because the, the deal is, we got. We'll bring Richie in here in a little while to do another update. Uh, so the deal is, by the end of the show, we're going to pick five people uh, for Sarah's team, five people for my team. We'll figure out the, the highest bidders, uh, and then the actual uh, bowling event uh, for Trillium Family Services uh, at trilliumfamily.org. That happens on Sunday. Uh, May 18th. So I, I don't believe you actually have to be good. No, no, that doesn't even matter. That's not the fun of bowling. The fun of bowling is drinking beer. I always, I mean, I, at this point, I'm just sort of assuming that I'm going to lose anyway because you guys ended up winning like the media league thing, right? Yeah, we won. Yeah, we won the championship. That was all you guys. So. It wasn't. It wasn't all me though. It was all like squid, yeah. <laughs> basically. Uh, all right, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, our good friend, Mr. Skin from the online celebrity nudity database. Hello, and how is your Wednesday, sir? Oh, doing great, Rick. How about you? I am dandy. What is new in your world? Well, there's a movie uh, that opens in theaters this weekend called The Tracy Fragments, and I bring it up because it features Juno star Ellen Page, who's become very hot. And though she's not nude in this, she, she comes really close. 57 minutes in, she strips down, and we see um, some side boobage and, and upper butt crackage. So it's like I can't count that as nudity because it's, it's not uh, – Full on, but uh, it, she came pretty darn close, and you know she's obviously very hot because of the movie Juno. So fans of Ellen, uh, fans of um, Ellen Page, uh, check this movie out called The Tracy Fragments, which is in theaters this weekend. Um, there's a, a DVD out now. This is not for the. Uh, this isn't an exciting uh, bit of uh, celebrity nudity news, but I must report it. It's a water birth 
uh, documentary called The Business of Being Born. And the only reason I bring it up is because Ricky Lake um, actually gets completely nude. It's 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 unbelievable that she let them film this. But <laughs> the good news is she's completely nude. The bad news is she's having a baby in a bathtub while she's nude. So I'm just Sexy. reporting it. Don't hold it against me. But if you ever wanted to see Ricky Lake completely nude, The Business of Being Born is a DVD out new this week. So that's sort of the good news, bad news. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you know. Uh, what can I tell you? That's like always when um, in a movie, if there's like a breastfeeding scene, it's weird because you, like you see breasts. But uh, my problem was the baby's head always got in the way, and it, you couldn't see the breast. Maybe but next week, maybe we can get Carney Wilson being liposuction next. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sorry to report that that isn't uh, it, you know that isn't real sexy news. But I do have a good sexy one for you. Uh, new on DVD this week is a movie called I Really Hate My Job, which I reported on uh, about you know, four or six weeks ago because we got an early scoop on this. It's new this week on DVD. Fans of Nev Campbell, who you remember from Party of Five, and she was in that great menage a trois scene with uh, Denise Richards and Matt Dillon. She has what I consider probably her best nude moment in this. Uh, An hour and 14 minutes in, she gives a toast in a crowded restaurant completely nude, um, uh, it, it's if you're a Nev Campbell fan, check it out. Uh, complete nudity, and it happens an hour and 14 minutes in. It's called "I Really Hate My Job," which is the opposite of what I do because I really love my job when I get to report on stuff like this. Maybe not the Ricky Lake stuff, but definitely the Nev. Campbell. Well, that's one where you're just taking one for the entire team. Yeah, that. I took it for the team, and I, you know, you don't kill the messenger. I'm just reporting on full Ricky Lake nudity. Unfortunately, it's in a childbirth documentary. And we should note for the record that because she was in the news this week for being engaged to Ryan Reynolds, that despite everybody's uh, best hopes and uh, wishes and dreams, Scarlett Johansson has yet to sort of nude up anywhere, right? No, she hasn't. Uh, the best you're going to see is a movie called Love Song for Bobby Long in which she, um, again, this is a side boob shot where someone walks in on her and she's topless, which is the good news. The bad news is she immediately covers her breast with her hand and you can tell that it would make for a great nude scene if she ever shows them, but uh, unfortunately there was hand blockage there and we cannot count that as nudity. All right, my friend. As always, a pleasure. We will talk to you next week, sir. All right, Rick. Take care. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Uh, a water birthing documentary. Seriously, why would you allow that to be? Everybody has to look at this. You know, I, I, it just doesn't seem like there's much. Like, who is the target audience for that? I don't know. You know, uh, well, honey, what should we do now? Let's get some popcorn and watch Ricky Lake shove something out of her body. Hmm? What do you say? All right. Um, Rick, if I offered to donate a million dollars to her favorite charity, would Sarah be bowling in a garter belt outfit of my choosing? This is the kind of email that gets you labeled as creepy, sir. So I would go home and really sit and think long and hard before sending off any missives, because this is the sort of thing that gets forwarded to the police later on. Here's Tim Riley. I'll do it for less than that, though. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Time for a Cannibal Watch. Here's your Cannibal Watch for Wednesday on The Rick Emerson Show. This comes to us from England. Very seldom do English people eat each other. <laughs> I mean, usually that's something reserved for Germans, for the most part. But the former Mr. Gay UK is charged with murder amid fears that the victim's flesh was prepared for cooking. 
A former Mr. Gay UK has been charged with murdering a man amid fears that part of the victim's leg was chopped up and chunks of that were eaten. Police discovered the body of Damien Oldfield at a terrorist house in Leeds. They were said to have found part of his right leg that had been carved up in the flesh, diced, and cooked on a kitchen worktop. It is not to show the flesh was human. A police source told the newspaper it appears to have been prepared for cooking. Well, at least he prepared it first. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. They are now considering the possibility that some of the flesh was also eaten. Mr. Oldfield, an advertising executive for gay lifestyle magazine, Bent, was found <laughs> dead. Uh, after being crowned the winner of the, uh, the beauty pageant at the Blackpool nightclub in 1993, uh, this fellow, Mr. Uh, Morley, enjoyed a brief spell as a minor celebrity on the gay scene, making a guest appearance at the London Pride Festival and opening up a holiday complex for gays. Wait, now, is it, wait, is it the cannibal? Who was the beauty pageant winner or the person he ate? Let's see here. Because that might be the, the curse of being pretty. Okay. Uh, oh, they're thought to be friends. Oh, it was uh, Mr. Morley who won the Mr. Gay UK competition at the age of 20. Is he the victim or the eater? Uh, let's see here. It looks like he's the uh, he is the cannibal. Oh, well, I wouldn't expect that. All right. No. Okay. Well, he's a hearty appetite. I, I suppose. Well, you know... It's, and gay people have less fat than regular people. I suppose. <laughs> so you'd have to eat more of them, maybe. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> really, if you were... Fat, I, I guess if you, were, if you were on some sort of a lean cannibal diet. All right, there you go. There's your... And where is that from? England? England. Well, crazy's not just for Florida and Germany anymore. There you go. There's your uh, cannibal watch. I thought that maybe it was the guy who won the beauty pageant who was eaten. Because I just pictured the cannibal sort of sitting there with a notepad in the front row, like number five, number four. Number three seems to have pleasing fat-free buttocks. All right. I'm just saying. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey there, I was expecting to get Richie. One quick question. Yes. About the bowling thing. How yes, many sir. games are you guys going to bowl? Uh, two. Two games. Every team bowls two games. Two games. What happens if it's a tie? It's not going to be a tie. Sarah will hose me in every way. No, because now you're building it up and then I'm going to choke I'm on I'm just saying I'm not a very... And I don't know, and Richie has the list of the people... All right, well... You like the answers. Sorry. Uh, Richie has the list of the people who have sort of bid so far to be on my team or your team, but I, I haven't seen it. I don't know who they are. I just know the amounts. Uh, so, I, I mean, I guess it's possible that everybody on my team could somehow be some fantastic athlete, but it just seems... Like the, the... Yeah, it's true, because we have, I have no idea who's bid on yeah. either of them. I mean, the law of averages indicates it'll probably just be a cross-section, and I myself will be... I am bad enough that I will drag down the rest of the team. You know what? So you were saying how... Like a one-person suck. So, so. the person, person wrote in and said that creepy thing about the... Garter belt. Yes, um, yes, for a million dollars. You do it Sarah. for less than a million. So well, if if I'm people were proud. no, but people were willing to pay to have you dressed in something really, really bad, would you do it? It's for charity, Rick. And think of how many, how much money you've stolen from mentally retarded. You no, know, as children. I think everybody should know, Sarah, you can't get me to do something just by saying it's for charity. <laughs> I think true. I think Seamus and all uh, bicyclers everywhere will attest to that. I'll give you some Twinkies afterwards. Well, I gotta be. Thank you. Well, you know, I gotta be in, but it's gotta be pajamas. That's the thing. Like I can't be like be, in a clown suit. But there are all suit. different kinds of ranges of pajamas. Like, how comfortable are you with your body? I think you know the answer to that. Well, cause the maybe, answer would be not comfortable at all. Because maybe we, we get you in some kind of like moo-moo maternity lingerie. I'm not putting on a maternity outfit. And but for I, the right price, would you? What kind of a right price are we... T- and I'm not even getting any of this money. It's going to children. Where's the justice there? You know what the justice is that you can you know, like cleanse your karma a little bit from all the money you've stolen from mentally handicapped children. Whatever. Um, 
the well, and as we discovered yesterday, I am in fact a compulsive overeater too. So what I really want to do is expose as much of my body as possible. I don't know. Will you? If this so this would be me in. So it'd be I don't mean. know. I don't, like uh, that was just something I was thinking about. I mean, I really do want to pick out pajamas for you. But if somebody really wants to see you in something terribly hideous, maybe they can. Um... Well, I don't really know what it, I don't know what would be both. It's not that I'm trying to get out of doing it. I just don't know what would be both hideous and pajamas. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Are there hideous pajamas? I mean, apart from like, what are these? Well, they're WWE pajamas. Like, I mean, there's bad designs, I guess. But I don't even really know what bad pajamas would look like. I mean, I'm not putting on garters. Some kind of, like, lacy camisole top thing. <laughs> I don't even know what a camisole is. I don't either. I think that's uh, what I'm thinking about. Camisole is like a body wrap. It's one of those things that I hear thrown around a lot, but I have no idea what it actually is. Mom, it's a round wrap. Who, know, who knows what a camisole is? Anybody? No. I thought All it right. was, a, a like, a tank top. You were a girl. Thing. I thought you would know. I'm pretty sure it's a tank top thing. I have nothing. Here's, I, I think so. We'll find out. Here's Tim Riley. So, uh, Britney Spears will get to spend more time with her children after appearing in the L.A. County courtroom on that issue. Her attorney, uh, well, Kevin Federline's attorney, I'm trying to keep all these attorneys separate, Mark Kaplan said the conservatorship seems to be working very well. It takes a lot of uncertainty out of play, and that is something that we look forward to seeing consistently over time. I think that we will see other indications of progress on the side of Mrs. Spears. She'll get more time with her children. Hooray. I never have. Don't want to speak to what the custodial timeshare is, but uh, obviously uh, something that is more than has been. I guess she sold them as timeshares. Apparently. So this is, all I, all I know is I saw her leaving the courtroom yesterday with just a big, dopey, in my opinion, uh, she was intoxicated with joy, a smile on her face. I mean, I just want to take it as an article of faith uh, that they've got her just they've cranked out of her brain on some sort of meds at this point to keep her from just going, just going crazy everywhere. Because that's the only hope they've got to ever get her uh, to have any sort of ongoing visitation with those kids is just to keep her so sedated that she can't shave anything or spread anything for the camera. Maybe they so. sucked all the blood out of her. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, Rick, this email says, I'm pretty sure I'll end up on your team as I have the high bid currently. Last time I bowled, I bowled an 87. I will compete with you for the low spot on the team. See, so I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a sure thing by any, by any stretch of the imagination that I'm going to do well. So, uh, here is Tim Riley. The American Idol hopefuls are showing up their rock and roll side. On the latest episode of that Fox program, the final four took on songs from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shape rock and roll. While three of the contestants fared well on the show, the dreadlock singer Jason Castro was blasted by Judge Simon Cowell for his performance in the Whalers, I Shot the Sheriff. That is a song you do not touch. The arrangement was atrocious. The performing and the singing was as bad as I've ever heard. This was like, honestly, a first-round audition massacre. Honestly, I don't know what you're thinking. All right. Do we have audio of the actual song? No. Oh. Well, that's just as well, I suppose. No. All right. <laughs> uh, the Weather Channel is in a sex storm. The Weather Channel's owner negotiates a multi-billion dollar sale for the cable outlet at the same time that the network's lawyers are angling to keep secret the details of a blistering arbitration ruling and favorable former newswoman who charges that she was subjected to unrelenting sexual harassment by her male co-anchor who was romantically obsessed with her and freaked the blind eye of the harassment because her co-anchor, Bob Stokes, was popular with viewers and scored high ratings. According to recent court findings, Andrews won her arbitration uh, case some three months ago, and the final ruling was highly critical of conduct by both Stokes and the Weather Channel. 
The network is now seeping, uh, seeking to keep details of the 17-page report secret, while Andrews wants a publicity file for the whole thing. On April 24th, in a federal court hearing, uh, part of the uh, award was leaked to the smoking guns. If you want to read it, uh, go somewhere else. Uh, by the way, I mean, does the Weather Channel, I mean, is that still exist the way that it existed back in the 1980s, where it's just a channel that just shows and nothing but... your local forecast. I mean, is there any call for the Weather Channel at this point? Is there somebody who... People love to watch it. Is it. Well, my dad used to watch it because he would just sort of find it soothing. Mm. So maybe... But I don't know if they've expanded it beyond what it used to be, because when I would watch the Weather Channel as a kid, it would just be national forecast and then local forecast on some sort of like a 17-minute loop or something. So... I heard at one point they were going to try to expand it to actual programs about weather. Well, they've expanded it to sexual harassment. <laughs> they've expanded it to more yeah, uh, pole dancing between your local forecast <laughs> and the It's with more groping. Oh, God. Um, all right. And speaking of pole dancing, by the way, uh, at the beginning of the program, Richie was revealing sordid escapades from last night where he went to some strip club downtown that we will not name. Uh, I, don't, I actually don't even know where it was. Um, but where he spent five hours and, as he put it, got a a full-service um, treatment in some back room, all for the low, low, low price of $200. Uh, and somebody is asking if that includes a visit to the clinic down the street. I can't imagine. I mean, didn't you say that your friend who um, spent time with a, hype, with a, with a call girl, uh-huh. he didn't even get the full service. He just got the, um, the Monica. And that was... Yeah. Like fifteen hundred or something. Mm-hmm. So I can't. She's a high class sugar. I can't imagine what. She was in a sad like single mom running around <laughs> the downtown. Do you like my stretch marks? I can't. And even I know Im- that. Yeah, and I know the place that Richie's talking about, and it is creepy. Can I just? Can I just tell you this? There's a uh, there is a strip club that I won't mention either. I won't. Uh, it's also located near downtown. I won't. I won't be any clearer. Maybe we're than talking that. about the same one. Maybe. Um, but I've never been there, but. I kind of realized that I never need to go there because Lara at one point was talking about one of her friends, and and she told me that she's like, well, you know, uh, well, you know, so and so, my friend used to dance at Insert Strip Club here, and it's like the friend is just like a, I mean, <laughs> just hideous, like a Sasquatch. I mean, so you're just like, and so I'm like in my head, I'm like line through. I'm just checking that off the list of things I ever need to do. So. Sasquatch. I mean, really. Man, I went to this one strip club in Portland, um, and every single girl there was all scarred up. Really? Totally Like scarred sexy up. scars? Like no. daddy doesn't love me scars? No, like... Um, Maybe it, they wash cats for a living. It was totally weird. Like, they looked like they could be, like, um, like food baggers. <laughs> like, all of them had, like, normal, like, little, like, oval glasses and, like, brown hair. But Hi. They're all kind of strangely dancing around. I don't think there was really a pole there, and there's, like, <laughs> dents and stuff in them. There's dents in them. <laughs> This stripper's dented. I'm not paying full too, price. Because usually, you know, you're used to them getting all gustied up. Yes. Well, they, they don't make those like... poles as dirty as they used to. No. And... whack with a knee and you can bend it in half. <laughs> See, I love the idea that the strippers are dented. <laughs> There's some, some some sort of can- concavity in their body that's not supposed to be there. No, this... Seriously, it was like every single one of them. I'm like, I, I ended up staying longer than I should have. Yeah. It's fascinating. No, I mean, the one word to describe this friend of hers is stumpy. And, I mean, it's just it, to the point that you don't even really know how she does a lot of dance moves. It seems like she would just, it's like watching a tree trunk trying to look sexy for you. And, I mean, I just can't imagine. And it's not the kind of it's not the kind of physical unpleasantness that comes with time. Clearly, it's a thing, like, she just looks that way. 
It's not like she, you can sort of age her backward in your head and figure that she might have been hot at one point. There was pro- there was clearly no hotness ever uh, with this girl. Uh, and so, like, the fact that there's that old thing about, like, I don't want to be a member of any club that would have me. I, I don't want to go to any club that would have uh, that girl there. We should have Richie come in later and describe what this girl looked like last night. The game oh, I know. I, I know the one thing. He did tell me. He did tell me. It's like I, I found the one Asian in the room. <laughs> Good for He's you, like, Richie. They bought me the, my friend bought me the Asian. I'm like, really, Richie? That's really? a phrase you should use all the time in polite company. Buy me an Asian. And there are you know, business people walking down the halls here as he's talking about it. Of course. Uh, Rick, hurricanes rotate. Uh, this is about the cyclone thing. Hurricanes rotate in one direction and occur in the northern hemisphere. Cyclones occur in the southern hemisphere and rotate in the opposite direction. This is caused by the Coriolis effect, the same reason why toilet water rotates in different directions in the northern and southern hemisphere. Okay, see... I always heard that that Coriolis thing about the toilet water going the opposite way had nothing to do with the Earth's rotation. I heard that that was just a, a big that that was just a big myth. That the toilet just that the toilet water rotates whatever direction the jets have it come out. You know what I mean? Oh, that would make sense to me. Yeah. Because if you look, if you watch your toilet when you flush it, the water doesn't come in the bowl. Like if you reach up and you flush the toilet. The water comes, you know, yeah, down the fine. sides of the yeah. bowl, but it doesn't come out straight down. The water in the bowl comes out at an angle. It doesn't come out straight down and then somehow turn with the movement of the earth. When you flush the toilet, watch the way the, wa- the water comes down the sides. It comes out at an angle because the water jets are angled. So if the water comes out in a different direction somewhere else, it's just because they built the toilet differently. I dispute that that's because of the rotation of the earth. I think that's one of those things like... Shaving hair makes it come back darker and gum stays in your stomach for seven years. Things that we were all taught, but that is like an absolute load. That isn't true. I refuse to let it bother me. I think that's lazy. That's lazy creationist thinking is what that is. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Please don't be speculating on what strip club you went to. Or just don't say anything. Or speculate to yourself. Thanks. Hi. Uh, all right. I'll just... Hang that up. Uh, all right. Here's uh, oh, we have. Uh, by the way, we should break here in just a moment because we have um, Jack Russell from Great White coming up here in about ten minutes. Uh, here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Time for Geek Watch. Here's your Geek Watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson. Look, this high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the quasar dilemma, remember you used just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but because we were wondering if the quantum flux. Just listen, on there. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Better does. Brace yourself, Batman's. Robin might be swooping back into Bruce Wayne's life after the third Batman movie. Yes, even through the dark night, well, it hasn't come out yet, a threequel has pretty much been in the cards with Christian Bale starring and Christopher Nolan directing. But this is the first time the idea of including the boy wonder has come up. According to Cinema Mablend, it looks like the third movie will follow the plotline of graphic novels, The Long Halloween and Dark Victory, which are primarily focused on Two-Face and introduce Robin. The last time we saw Dick Grayson slash Robin was in the 1997 franchise, ruining Batman and Robin. There's no doubt that Christopher Nolan brilliantly reinvented the Batman saga and would definitely be pressing his luck to resurrect Robin. Originally, the third film was going to lean heavily on the Joker, but following Keith Ledger's tragic passing, all parties involved decided against recasting the role out of respect and have decided to write the character out of it completely. Completely. I'm sorry, I didn't know if there was more to the story. Uh, sometimes your sometimes your inflection <laughs> makes it sound like it could go either way. I know I, I was expecting a soundbite when you do that. Completely, 
says Christian Bale, and then like you play a badly recorded sounder. Um, well, that <laughs> seems like bad news. I mean, it's it just, does I, seem like bad news. I mean, I don't really know anybody that's clamoring for more Robin in the Batman film, since it's pretty much known. Here's the thing about the about Robin too: is however interesting a character he may be, he's also eternally associated with Batman and Robin. Which was a terrible film, which was awful. And wasn't that the one that had Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl? A rather portly Batgirl, I might add. Uh, so and that mask that Robin wears looks like it comes from a dime store. <laughs> it really do- I mean, they, they wouldn't like, make it look any better. Chintzy costumes. She was more like, fat girl. And uh, <laughs> and then that was the thing where Robin had nipples on his bat suit. And I know that it's like years after the fact, and I'm still talking well, about it. Was Batman Forever? I it was Batman and Robin that had nipples on the bat oh, suit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And who's it? Chris O'Donnell. I'm so glad that he's like disappeared into obscurity. I mean, that guy is so awful. Well, he's rooming with Elise Silverstone, wherever the hell she is. And Elise Silverstone is somebody that there was about an 18 month period where we all thought she was the hottest girl on earth. Well, and when that just, crazy video bam, came out, vanished. Yeah, I remember how huge it was, and like everyone, and then every single person I knew went and got their belly buttons pierced. Well, she did the three back-to-back. She did Crazy, Crying, and Amazing. Mm-hmm. Then she was on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. Dorf was in the... Oh, was yeah. Uh, she did it on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine in 95 with, with like a cowboy hat and like some pink something or other. Uh, and then she just sort of... And then she did and this she, well, she did and Clueless. Clueless, yeah. And then she just sort of vanished. But I would just And like she to, did Excess Baggage. Do you remember that Oh, movie? I forgot all it's about that so with Benicio Del Toro. Yeah. I would just like to get the guy from the back, like Joel Schumacher, whoever was, in a room and just ask him that is my dream interview, even if it cost me, like, my career, just to get him in a room and just say, why were there nipples on the bat suit? Like, bring me the person who made that decision. Well, I bet every, every single person wants to ask him that. It's just, it doesn't, it's not even like I obsess about it. It just doesn't make any sense. At some, per, at some point, somebody had to look at that and go, well, yes, I sign off on it. So, all right. And Batman and Robin was the horrible one with, like, Drew Barrymore and Uma Thurman. That one, awful. and Tommy Lee. Awful. That movie. All right. The soundtrack was better than the movie. Yeah. All right, Richie, uh, should we take a break? We'll come back with uh, Jack Russell from Great White around the corner here. All right, so we'll do this. We'll take a break. We'll come back. The people are on the hold to talk to me about toilets in Australia. All right. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Great White's Jack Russell around the corner. Later on, uh, more from Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth, Jim Roop, and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop will be joining us uh, right here. We have uh, more from Tim Riley coming up later on. Uh, like is at 3 and the Michael Mara Show uh, coming up at 7 p.m. Plus an update on the Sleep Country USA Pajama Bowl Drive uh, and uh, more from Richie, etc., etc., so on and so forth. It's 503 733 uh, 2970. We've been talking about this uh, for a couple of days. It is a real honor to welcome to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from great white legendary rock vocalist Jack Russell. Hello, Jack. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? How are you? I am fantastic, my friend. How's life? How are things? 
You know, life is great, man. If it was anybody, that'd be two of me. I'm just really happy uh, right now. I got the, you know, the original guys back together. I'm sitting at rehearsal right now, looking at my friends from you know 30 some years, and just laughing my laughing my butt off. I was gonna say, of course it's great. You're the lead singer for Great White. How could it not be fantastic? <laughs> I uh, yeah, it could be worse. Could be worse. It just and I know you guys are are coming to town. You're gonna be at uh, the Rosalind on May 22nd. We'll talk uh, more about that here in a few. Just if I can, and the listeners know that I'm such a big just nerd for rock stories that they have to hear me talk about stuff like this all the time. But years ago, you will not remember this, but years ago, I introduced you guys on stage in Spokane. And uh, at somewhere in my big box of radio stuff in the basement, I still have, it was like the backstage, the pass or whatever, uh, that said, you know, like MC or introducer or whatever. And it was on, right. the, it was on the Psycho City Tour. And I introduced you guys, and it was, to this day, one of the best shows I've ever seen. You guys, Great White has such a distinctive sound i could pick you guys up out of a, a, a lineup a thousand miles away there's nothing that sounds like great white you the cops <laughs> <laughs> um I, th- I, th- I really appreciate that thank you very much you know i mean it's uh great white is what it is for you know for for better or for worse i mean um you know we've uh to pigeonhole us into kind of a category i was i've always felt was kind of a shortcut to thinking i mean but you know we're just a rock and roll band man you know you don't take yourselves too seriously we like to have a good time and you know just enjoy ourselves man that's what life's all about and you kind of nailed something that i've thought about a lot with a lot of bands that maybe uh, really came into the public eye during a, during a certain period in rock history it's really easy for some nitwit on vh1 to use a phrase like hair metal or yeah. a, a hair band or whatever which you guys clearly weren't when i think back on um, you know, it, maybe a certain time, especially in Los Angeles or on the Strip, the soundtrack, and, and this is um, this is not me just waxing your car. I, I really have always thought this, that you guys, more than almost any other band, were sort of captured the sound of Southern California, especially at a certain point, and just something with the interplay of the guitars and the vocals, and there really was a certain kind of sound of the open road, a sound of sort of adventure in a lot of your music that most other bands didn't have. How did it kind of begin for you guys? How did everything get rolling for you kind of way back when? You know, God, we were just talking about this because uh, I was looking around my room today. I was looking at my drummer. I'm thinking, man, I've been playing with you for 31 years. You know, my guitarist has been playing with him for 30 years. Um, we were 17. We got to, I was 17. We got together and started a band that became Great White, you know, in 82. I was 1978 in November. We got together, Mark and I. And, um, we became great white in 82 put our first record out you know it's just just slogging the clubs out you know doing what everybody else is doing you know paying your dues playing backyard parties you know a keg of beer dollar ahead you know doing that kind of stuff and and you know i mean for me lyrics and the music is always about life experience i mean every record you make i think is basically a snapshot of where the band is emotionally at that period of time you know and we've always wore our hearts on our sleeves and and every record is very uh, much reminiscent of where we're at you know, and, and that's the spirit of this band. It's always been we do it because of the love of music. I mean, you know, I, I would do this for free and have done sometimes, you know what I mean? And, and you know, you've had lean years, you've had good years, but, the you know, the, the main thing is is we focus on the fact that we love to make music together, and I love to walk on stage and see people smiling and singing my songs, and, you know, somebody comes up and says, hey, that was our wedding song, Save Your Love, and that is like, that means the world to me. You know, this is why we do this, and I think that, you know, that comes through in the music. You know, it's about having fun and enjoying yourself. I mean, you know, life's got enough, you know, bummers in it without having to add to it musically, you know? And those songs still really hold up. I mean, it's sort of the, the big hit, Save Your Love and Rock Me, and I I think back to the songs like uh, Highway Nights is a song that... Yeah, I love that song. I, that was definitely the open road, yeah. And I have to tell you that just growing up as a rock fan and just sort of and when you're when you're growing up, you know, you're an adolescent, you're at a certain age... 
you know, I was trapped in a tiny little miserable town. There was no no rock radio. It was like that town on Footloose. No rock radio, no fun, no whatever. <laughs> and I remember putting on that record and hearing Highway Nights come out. And this sounds corny, but it was like I could see it. It was, and then uh, the Angel song and all of those. And it was like a window into this world that I didn't really know, but I wanted to be part of. All the way through, um, you know, through Hooked and uh, Psycho City and um, Sail Away, um, which to me is Sail Away is still one of the all-time really underrated records. Just a beautiful, beautiful record. Thank you very much. You know, it's so nice talking to actually get some music. I mean, because I felt as passionate about music, you know, and still do. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, you know, I mean, I'd I'd sneak out in in the middle of the night in in the back room, put the headphones on, and listen to Led Zeppelin and dream about being a rock star. And, and, you know, I could just picture the whole thing in my head, like, you know, like I was there. And, and, you know, I get it. And and it's nice to talk to them that actually gets music from that perspective. I mean, it's music is such a great thing. I mean, because you can take it anywhere you want to go. I mean, I still use it like that. If I feel like I'm in a bad mood, I'll put on a happy song, or or if I want to cry, I'll put on something that makes me cry. You know, that's that's the beauty of music. It, it transcends languages and everything else. It's just it's an amazing thing. Talking to Jack Russell from Great White, how did it, for you personally, uh, I know you're a big Zeppelin fan. I remember uh, seeing you really just belt out that Babe, I'm going to leave you cover, which just blew everybody's mind. How did it begin for you? What was the record or the song that you heard and you're like, that's a good job. That's what I want to do for a living. The Beatles help out when I was six years old. But up to that point, I want to be an archaeologist. And now I'm a fossil. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, that was that was actually what did it for me. My parents got me the Beatles help album for my my sixth birthday, and I put that on. And went, oh my God, this is what I have to do. This is what I'm going to be when I grow up. I'm going to be a rock star. And then that's all I ever thought about. And then, and then one day I was sitting in a hotel room. I was April seventh, nineteen eighty eight. And I was, I opened up my curtain. There was the forum in Los Angeles, uh, right out my window. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm doing it. We're playing there tomorrow night. And it's sold out. And I was just, it's just, it's like jukebox hero. You know what I mean? That is so great. It's, it is just, and when you guys play, you can really tell that you guys are doing it, as they say, for, for the right reasons. And I, uh, just, and we'll talk about, uh, back to the rhythm here in a moment, which is the new record. I actually, this morning on the way in, I had, uh, put Sail Away on, uh, the album in my car. And I put it on Sail Away and I was listening to it and, that record is just such a roller coaster in all the right ways uh, of music, uh, from the title track, which is very poignant, to Living in the USA, uh, to Mama Don't Stop, which is sort of a jaded kind of right. upbeat take on the record industry. Um, tell me about the new record, Back to the Rhythm. What, uh, what are people going to hear when they put that in? Well, you know, it's it's a very honest record. It's very introspective. Um, for me, it's it's like I said, it's it's where we are at right now. I mean, back to the rhythm. The title track itself is is you know about why we still do this. And and initially, the song was called uh, "Back to the Bottom," and it was about my uh, bipolar disorder. <laughs> I thought that was kind of depressing. I said, you know, I'm gonna change this around a little bit and make it work. And uh, uh, oddly enough, some of the lyrics that I kept in the verses still works for that. So. Um, and it's just a fun song. There's a song called Stay on the Edge, which I love a lot, which is, you know, kind of like, you know, um, my take on life and then where things are. Um, a song called Just Yesterday, which is one of my personal favorites. It's a song about the band and about, you know, how we've been together for all these years. And now we're celebrating our, well, it's our 26th anniversary. Uh, and, um, you know, looking back on all the times, like, my God, this is just amazing where we've been and where we came from, you know. It just seemed like just yesterday we were 20 years old, you know, uh, playing arenas and selling means of records. And, you know, it's just amazing to me that we're still able to do this and, and, and make music and, 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 you know, how fortunate are we, you know, I mean, there's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, to me, it's one of my favorite records, it really is, and um, we're actually, um, we're getting ready to start the next one in November, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a long time out of the saddle for us as far as being in the studio, 99 was the last studio record, and, uh, but I didn't want to do a record without the original guys, right. you know, so, uh, 
we had a couple of wounds there we had to patch up and, and, you know, a couple of personal differences, which, you know, stupid little things over time become huge things. You know, so I just had to get on the phone and say, hey, look, you know, sorry about that. Oh, me too. Let's go make a record. Okay, great. Excellent. So, you know, everything's back to normal again, which is awesome. You Talking know? to Jack Russell from Great White, the uh, the new album is Back to the Rhythm. They're going to be at the Roseland uh, May 20th. that venue, by the way. I've always loved playing there. It's a great place. I just saw a show there actually uh, two weekends ago, and it really is. It's a great place. Great great space, as they say. Yeah, um, I've always liked playing there. As we sort of get ready to wind this up, and I know that the, the stars align, you guys are going to come into the studio uh, when you roll into town and yeah. uh, hopefully do a little something here. So we're looking forward to that. We get we have a lot of uh, bands and musicians who listen uh, to the show, bands who are maybe just starting out or bands who are, you know, they're just kind of trying to get it together and figuring out what do, what is a young band, a band that's coming up, what do they need to know? What do you say to somebody who's like, hey, I want to do what you do for a living? Be a doctor. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think the best advice I can give anybody is find something you love. Find one guy, a guitarist or whoever, find somebody that you really click with, build a band around that. And don't don't be like this uh, musical chair guy that's like, oh, I haven't got signed. It's been two weeks. I'm gonna change bands or I'm gonna change my style. Right. You know, find something you believe in and stick with it. You know, and just and and you know, don't get don't get discouraged. I mean, if you really, I mean, I believe in this life, you can be anything you want to be. You know, if you just visualize it, you picture it, you, you make that your dominant thought. You know, you do anything you have to do to make it, but just stick. Find something you like and stick with it. Don't be like, okay, well, this is not in fashion anymore. Let's change every style of music. Be what you are. I mean, play music for yourself first. I mean, for me, when I write a song, uh, I have to like it because if nobody else buys it, I'm stuck with a record I don't like. Sure. So I mean, I, I have to like the record first. If then if nobody else buys it, at least I got something I can put in. You know. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. We will uh, see you uh, when you roll into town on May 22nd. And again, Great White's going to be at the Roseland, May 22nd. The new album uh, on Shrapnel Records, Back to the Rhythm. Uh, thank you so much, my friend. Best of continued success in life and music and everything. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, and thanks for all the support. Man. Thank and you, thanks sir. For, uh, thanks for you know, appreciating music like you do. That's, that's a rare thing these days. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for making music. I appreciate it. There. You got it. Well, we look forward to seeing you in the studio then. Thank you, Jack Russell, ladies and gentlemen. Richie, can you uh, wrap it up with Jack there? He's on the warm line. Thank you. Jack Russell from Great White. How cool is I that I am guy? really stoked to meet him. Wow. He's, you know... Uh, so he's going to be in the studio. They're going to come in the studio and do a few songs for us on May no 22nd. No way. Yes, they That's are. It's going to be like one of your childhood dreams come it's, true. i got to tell you, I have two memories with that guy. Well, I made a bunch of memories with the band. Um, on Bigger Than Jesus, I do this feature about the ten rock albums you should own but don't. And there's this album they did called Sail Away, which is just... Came out in 1984, I think, like totally the wrong time for Great White to put out a record. It just got completely overlooked. And it's just really, really a great, great, great record. Um, but uh, I remember... Being at the radio station when those guys came in to do an interview with the the FM DJ that was there, and walking by that guy in the hallway, and he just looked like a freaking rock star. I mean, he just the big guy, blonde blonde hair, and he had like the bullet you know belt or whatever, uh, you know, and he was like a like a leather jacket and had like a million bracelets and just you know a bunch of silver rings on every hand and just you know and you know you know everybody as he said time time passes people change they look older whatever but it, I remember seeing him then and like that is a rock star, and it was the next tour uh, I think. That I got to introduce those, and I don't even know how that happened. I don't even know. I was like an overnight part timer. I don't even know how it happened. That they somewhere like, well, you want to introduce Great White? I'm like, yes. I didn't even. I've still got the thing at home somewhere where it says like backstage or guest or whatever it is. It's like the little, not a laminate, but one of those like fat, like cloth stickers that they put on you. Um, I don't oh, he even, does look like a rock star. He, he was just so cool, man. And I got to go up on stage, and I, I, I will remember this to the day I die. It was the very first band I ever introduced. Great White was the first intro I ever did, and I stood up on stage with my mullet, and I said, um, I said, you know, ah, 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 
And, you know, and will you please welcome Capital Recording Artist Gray White? And it was just, it was so cool. I mean, anyway, so. And when I got to, my, my highlight was when I got to introduce Social Distortion on stage. Uh, I'm like, is this really happening totally. to me right now? Am I standing in the middle of the Crystal Ballroom with Mike Ness standing right behind me? Totally. To Waiting it? on you. Oh, my God. Waiting on you. Yeah. So. Anyway, so... Well, super cool. Is he going to be in, in the studio when... On May 22nd, because they're playing that night at the Roseland. Uh, so you can find out uh, more about that. Uh, we'll put a link to their website at rickemerson.com, and uh, yeah, they'll be in the studio with us. So um, we should probably take a break. So I will play us in the break here with a little something, actually. Uh, this is from an album that I kept uh, gushing about. This is from the album Sail Away. Um, this is uh, Great White Living in the USA. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. For the anus. No matter what you do in your life, you will never be as retarded as I am. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Hi, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503 733 2970. 
Uh, in just a few moments, we will be joined by CNN Radio correspondent James Roof coming up tomorrow. Uh, Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer and Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. Friday, uh, Scott Daly from Film Fever Radio. And Monday, the Dry County Crooks will be in the studio promoting their new record. All right. Uh, well, I have only this to say, Sarah. Right here. we got to stop doing that. Get out of my head. Let's, uh, Richie Bristol, if you can uh, join us in the studio now. Maybe we can do something new. I think that I could tolerate that sounder a bit more if there was some Boy George behind it. If we changed it. Boy George makes everything tolerable. Well, and every day this song just gets more and more appropriate for Richie, does yeah. it not? I don't know if Richie's back there. I know Look at how I hit the post without even trying right there. Hey, uh, Terry, if you can hear me back there, can you see if you can rustle up Richie Bristol and have him come on into the studio? Thank you. So we'll find an update on the uh, the pajama bowl, uh, the Sleep Country USA pajama bowl. Uh, There's some big numbers going on in there. I was looking. I haven't seen. I don't know what anybody's bid. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I think that I think that there's sort of. Both teams are kind of full, but I do think that there's some outbidding. I'm just happy yeah, because I was totally having like some kind of middle <laughs> no one school would flashback. Whereas it is Richie's like, Rick's spots are all full, and there are still three open spots for Sarah. Were you sort of picturing it like you were going to be the guy left uh, behind, like when they choose up for softball? You're just flashback stand- eating lunch in the bathroom. <laughs> what? You and I talked about this a billion. I didn't know you ate lunch in the bathroom. You've never told me that. Part. Yeah, I did. At high in high school. When I was a new kid, and I tried to sit with someone. Never mind. We've gone through this. I don't think I've... You don't have to tell me, but I don't think I know that particular wrinkle to the story, mm-hmm. that you ate lunch in the bathroom. Yes, indeed. Sitting alone, <laughs> chewing your blackjack gum. I tried to make friends, and nobody wanted to make friends with me. <laughs> yeah, where are they now, Sarah? I, I was fortunate enough in my Navy family to always move to places where everyone had grown up together since sure. birth. They bonded the, forever. Yeah, and I'm the weird new girl. Well, you should send them a photo of you introducing Mike Ness on stage somewhere oh. with a whole lot of F you! Okay, so my, for my high school reunion, there's a high school reunion site. So I was going in there, and you write a bio. You realize we're just talking over Boy George this whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, Terry, can you do me a favor? And, yeah, Terry just walked by. Can you give me a, do me a favor and find Richie and have Richie come in? Thank you. All right, I'm sorry. So you're looking at your high school reunion. Oh, no, site. and so I was writing some, looking at everyone's bios, and, like, I finally wrote my brief one. I'm like, wow, I've done some pretty fun stuff the past few years. Now, did you, now, did you, so you, is this like a classmates.com thing, or is this specifically for your high school? It's specifically, they set it up for our high school reunion. So you bothered to fill it out? I did, just because, look, because I was reading all of them. Everyone's like, I've had 27 kids married to my wonderful husband of eight I'm years. Fat. I'm like, how much time has gone by for you to possibly pop out that many children? I've spent a lot of time eating. Years. Yeah. And a lot of them I'm reading, it's just like, well, decide to settle down and make a family in Bremerton. Oh. I'm like, oh, all right. I loved writing, um, I work for CBS Radio, it just sounds so grown up. In your face! All right, hello, Richie Bristol. Hello. All right, so... Uh, oh, you smell like cigarettes. Let me go put some clothes on. No, no. Please don't. Um, all right. So uh, where so where are we at now? We don't have to give the dollar uh, amounts here, but I uh, or or we can. I don't even really know. I don't know what's appropriate and what's not. Why don't we, we say the lowest amount? What is the okay? So uh, we probably probably just a few minimum bids. So Sarah and I are each getting five people to bowl with us uh, for the Sleep Country USA uh, Pajama Bowl, which is happening May uh, 18th, Sunday, benefiting Trillium Family Services to provide uh, uh, mental health services to foster children and their families. So the deal is we're each getting five people to bowl with us. The minimum bid was 50. So we each have we each have five people in our team. So we're not going to be – neither of us is going to be sad and alone. Right. And right. you have a backup. We each have a – okay. So what is the lowest bid for my team? For your team, you have a two-way tie, a couple, a married couple. They want to swing the ball with you. All right. Oh, Richie. But they're each doing $75 each. Wait. So but, but that's not together. So the, 
What does it mean? What do you, what do you mean one of them well, can't because bowl? Because there's only five, and that would make six, but they're a tie for $75. So either one, I don't know how they would do So that. either the husband or wife gets to, gets to bowl, and the other one the other one will watch. Or they can combine their money <laughs> in. So I'll bowl one with, of them gets to play with I'll, you, Rick. Swing together. I'll, I'll, bowl, I'll bowl with the wife, and the husband can watch from across the room. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So, but that's 75 So right now, if you so if somebody wants to get on uh, the, 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 the my bowling team, uh, then you'd have to bid. It's like a ten buck increment. They have to do at least eighty five dollars. Eighty five bucks. Is mine fifty? Uh, what is the lowest bid to bowl with Sarah right now? And that would be seventy five. All right, so we're oh. both at seventy five. So, so right now, uh, if you want to try to, uh, you know, get on either Sarah's bowling team or my bowling team, the minimum bid to do that right now is is eighty five dollars. Yes. Okay, so eighty five dollars, uh, and then uh, and we want we don't need to say what the highest bid is right now, but uh, it seems like a lot. No. Seems like some people are really stepping up, as they say. Yep, and um, you know, there's one person that the top Sarah's guy. He he said he will go higher, so nobody's going to outbid him. Let me see. Let me see what. Let me see what the top bid for Sarah's team is. Where is that? Is that here? Yep. That's pretty good. Okay. He, he will go up though. All right, but that's but that's just the that's just where he is right now. Yeah. All right. Okay. He started at that. That's uh, that's impressive. Look at oh, that. Yeah. And that's just that's just where he is now. He's willing to go up. All right. So if you want to uh, bowl on either Sarah's team or my team, uh, the minimum bid right now is uh, is eighty five dollars. Sarah will be picking up my pajamas. I'll be picking up Sarah's pajamas. Wait, Richie. Don't hey, leave Richie yet. Bristol. All right. No, hey, hold on. A couple things. A. Um, I don't know what the deal is with with Roop the last couple of days because it's like the second day in a row that we're supposed to have him like five and or you seven hear me or eight minutes ago. It's always at you know two ten. So um, if we don't hear from Roop in a couple of minutes, we'll kind of have to move forward. But if he does call in, you should probably see if there's some issue with the phones because for a while there was like some ghost on the machine where people would try to call uh, and then they couldn't, you know, like it would just ring and they weren't able to get in. So I want to make sure that's not happening. Uh, All right, and so that's that. So that's that, and then. Uh-huh. We 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 really should talk about uh, this for a second, and then hey Terry, if you can hear me, um, and I know you can, Terry, why don't you go ahead and just handle these calls as they come in? Because I'm looking down at these calls, and these seems like these are probably bid calls. These are probably pajamable calls, so you can go ahead and just answer those on the bottom row. You just pick up the handset and just answer those on the bottom row there. Um, I say looking at the phones. Did you want to run down real quick? I don't know. Let me see. Let me just see what these people are calling him. Okay, there she is. She's All right. Thank All right. You, so if you're on hold, hang tight. Uh, Terry will talk to you here in just a few minutes for the show. She'll pass you along. If it's for the pajama ball, she'll talk to you. So if you're on hold, hang on there. All right. So it's, we'd be doing the people disservice to not talk about this because this is because we suffer so the people don't have to. So if you go to RickEmerson.com right now, you can see the final four. Don't say oh like you didn't hand it to us. I know, but I thought we were over that. No, and we this will be probably the final day we talk about it. But how can we? I mean, poor Bridget had to look at it to scan it in. <laughs> so. And, and and if I can just say what what everybody here is thinking, obviously you are, you do have an exhibitionist streak to you. That's just it. That just seems like a fact. <laughs> Very much so, Richie. You can't deny it. You just and I'm not trying. I'm not knocking it or putting it down, as John Lennon would say. I'm just pointing out you do seem to enjoy being observed either firsthand or in this case like thirdhand by giving us the transcripts of your sexy chat. <laughs> so would you agree that that is a thing that you? And you told us some story, some horrible story yesterday, about how you were getting it on with some woman while her husband watched. Uh, and I'm not saying it's horrible, like, I'm not a prude. I'm just saying, like, they didn't tell you about it. You were asleep. You wake up in bed. The wife is all over you. You look over. There's the husband grunting, l- l- grunting and yeah. lurking in the corner of the room like a mole, uh, watching you pleasure his wife. He wasn't really watching. Was he, uh... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. And then later you went out to sleep on the couch, and they ambushed you again on the couch later on. So yeah. I'm just saying you do seem to 
like to sort of talk about things or be watched. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Right, so there you see. Right. Just, see, that wasn't that hard. Would you say that you would? Would you say that you are more of a exhibitionist or a voyeur? Define exhibition. Voyeur so you you like to be watched more than to watch? Yeah, it's hard to watch. Just like at the strip club, I can't. It's hard to just. See you find, is it hard to watch because you find it difficult to resist joining in? Yes. All right. <laughs> Imagine everybody roll that idea around in your head. Just picture Richie don't looking. Don't do it anywhere near Richie. He's having to handcuff himself to a pole. Don't, don't, don't have sex in. within a square mile of Richie or he's going to kick in your window. Um, well, all right then. Well, I would say okay. that, that that makes you perhaps different than most men because I would say most men are uh, more uh, into, they're more voyeuristic than they are exhibitionistic. Okay. Exhibitionistic, by the way, which Microsoft Word does not recognize as being correct. Uh, all right. So, okay, so we're going to talk about the video game thing. So, yeah, so we posted these transcripts uh, in which you are, at one point, really any objective observer would say that you are having cyber relations with two men simultaneously. I mean, that's just how it is, Richie. You can't gild the lily anymore. You're having cyber sex with two men at once. You just are. So, Ugh. And so at one point, one of them suggests, have you ever been with a man like in real life? And then I think, I don't even know how you answered that. You said, well, you'd been in a threesome sort of or whatever. So please do explain this Grand Theft Auto thing, though, where you got Grand Theft Auto 4, which I hear is fantastic, by the way. Oh, I hear yeah. It's unbelievable. Now, in Grand Theft Auto 4, it's such a huge game that, like The Sims or Second Life, there's a game within a game. In other words, uh, like when you're playing The Sims, or Second Life is a better example, which is like a virtual world. In Second Life, which is itself a game, in the game there are like casinos you can walk into, and you can sit down at a table and play blackjack all night as just part of this bigger game. It's pretty amazing, actually. So in Grand Theft Auto, what is the deal? You can place personals ads or... What, please to explain. Yeah. Well, you could. There's all these different things. You could find a computer somewhere, and then you go in up, the game. In the game, you go up to the computer, and it says use, and then bam, it's it, it it blows up to your screen. Right. And you're online in the world of in Liberty City. In Liberty City, which is on like their internet. Yeah. So are you are you talking to other real life people, or are they characters? Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff on there. So you're talking to other people currently playing online. You can. And you can say, right. hey, let's go play poker. Let's go bowling. Let's so you're not this. talking to the computer to artificial What's intelligence. So some of them are artificial intelligence. And some of them are real people. Some of them, I think, because they have a dating service on there, like right. matchwhatever.com or whatever, yeah. or something like that. You can go sign on and say you want a date. Now, I'm, I'm guessing there's not very many females that actually do it, so they have a lot of CGI. Simulated, like AI. AI uh, girls on there. Right. So, I go sign on in there as a girl. Okay, I didn't know this part. So, you sign Wait, on. So, he, let's just back up. So, in the world of Liberty City, which is this pretend world that Grand Theft Auto takes place in. It's New York, basically. In Liberty City, you are walking around your character. Uh-huh. You w w walk up to a computer, and you sign on to a dating service uh -huh. in the game. Yep. And But you log in, and you create a dating profile in which you are a woman. Right. And since there's tons of guys, you get all these messages like they want to take you on a date and whatnot. Oh, I imagine if you're a woman, too, you immediately... It's like being a woman anywhere else. You're immediately flooded with male attention. Uh -huh. So you... Why did play you play this as a woman? Yeah, I'm getting what's my you, revenge. Your... Why did you choose to play as a woman? Because it was done to me. <laughs> I gotta pass the buck to somebody else. So, uh, how did you describe yourself? What what kind of woman? What do you look like? I'm a Filipino Asian. Okay, and uh, and beautiful clearly. Yeah. How old are you? Oh, 23. <laughs> Where do you live? 
Oh, uh, somewhere in Liberty City over... Uh, they they pick you a place. You give, like, a oh, virtual okay. town you live in, or, like, a borough. All right. So you are... What is your name? Uh, Rochelle, of course. <laughs> oh, of course. I'm oh, sorry. Course. So when you... Okay, so you are a Filipino girl named Rochelle who's 23 years old and looking for... Love, fun, what are you looking a for? A date and a good time. A, a, a date and a good time. And a good Take time. me bowling. Uh-huh. And so then male characters, guys who are playing Grand Theft Auto and are also on this in-game dating service, they then, what, message you? Yeah, and you get, like, messages immediately. And so uh, how did you pick the winning suitor? First one. <laughs> First, you're, you're such a dude. First guy that responded. <laughs> All right. That's like him when he was trying to pick people to have sex with at the sex club. It's like whoever responds. Whoever, what you look whoever like. looked at me. Um, so, so then what was the next step? So somebody said, hi, Rochelle, my name is Ted. I'm very lonely. So what did you do? Well, you have a phone in there. You got a phone and it has like, God, uh, video games are so crazy. Then? Yeah. And you get text messages. Did you please phone. tell me you talked in a fake woman voice? No, I text. Oh, you texted. Okay. And then it sends your location of where you're at, where you are in the game. And it puts on their map and they go in and steal a car or whatever, if they have a car already and they come pick you up. So in the game, you are a woman. And you met a, another player online who thinks you're a girl. And he, Michelle. His character. What was his character's name? Do you remember his first name? All right. His character, Jim. Let's call him Big Ed. Big Ed. Let's call him George. Big Ed gets okay. in his car and comes over to pick up Rochelle, your character, yeah. and you go on a date. Yeah, we go bowling. You really went bowling? Yeah, there's bowling alleys and you bowl. Oh, it's a fully functional city. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So you went bowling with a guy who thought you were a woman. Right. Please tell me that at the end of the night, he drove you home and expected a little something. It didn't last very long. What didn't? What didn't last very long? The date. Okay. But I mean, what do you mean? What does that mean? It means he bowled a strike and I shot him in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> After wow. I kicked him, of course. You're creepy and okay, violent. Okay, so yeah, so Richie has gone over this with me before. So basically, Richie is hunting men who he feels wronged him in some way to woo them to take them out on dates where he can then kill them. This is like the explanation in every CSI episode. You know what I mean? At the end of every episode of Numbers, this is where the guys in the room going, and so I just figured they did it to me. I was going to do it to them. And then they like cut to like the body bag thing being zipped up and like in the in the morgue yeah. or whatever. So ha- so I have to so I then have to ask. So have you at this point in your life, have you had uh have you had online intimate relations with somebody while you were pretending to be a girl? No, but as a guy. But I mean, but but no, you haven't. But in other words, pretending to be a woman I mean, how online. How far have you taken this uh, dating? This pretending video game? to be a woman. Uh, I wasn't going to take it very far. I was just going to see you take out guys on dates and shoot them. <laughs> that's pretty. Do you, you find that to be that a little? You're, like, that's that's repression, right? But, do you know that that's... this is Grand Theft Auto? I mean, that's what the game is. You're shooting Normal people. Normal people don't do that. And I, I'm sure the guy thinks it's really funny because he's just, like. I'm sure he thinks it's I'm hilarious. I'm sure he thinks it's hilarious. He's sad at home alone, like playing a video he game. He can't even get a virtual date because she shot him in the face. <laughs> I mean, do, do we all agree that this sounds like the first step of a serial killer? Yeah. This is, like, this is up there with setting small fires and killing uh, well, kittens. Well, Richie always seems so happy-go-lucky, but he's like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to woo men and then I'm going to kill them. <laughs> I mean, so you pretended to be a girl long enough to get a guy interested and then you killed him. <laughs> yeah, but they... they... Reincarnate. This is the sort of thing that one hears years later as you're being interviewed through a thick glass window. You know what I mean? While you're speaking through a little tiny hole in the cell door. How did it start? Well, um, I felt rejected and uh, manipulated by men. So what I would do is I would pretend to be a woman and I would pick them up and take them on dates and then I'd kill them. I mean, if like if you took away the Grand Theft Auto element of this, 
They would have you downtown being interviewed right now, I think, for something. Really, I, I have to I say really this. I really need to figure out where exactly this is stemming from. I mean, I mean, for real. Like, why why do you feel that you have the urge to play a video game, pretend to be a woman, go through all the effort of taking them on a date just to shoot them in the back of the head? Because it's funny. Because <laughs> we were watching it, and I don't know. Do you find... I mean, Rick, help me here. Do you feel like this is, um, like this is stemming from some sort of urge that you have not satisfied in real life? <laughs> Uh, we're all we're no. all family here. You can be honest. No. <laughs> oh, that's the first time I've ever heard a defensive tone out of this. I think that, I think that? really I do. I think this is uh, <laughs> you. You sound for the first time as though you were perhaps. Uh, I don't know. You're trying to deflect the question. A I think bit. so. And he's all. Ooh, this is getting good. I'm just saying you don't you don't believe that there's any sort of uh, real world cause uh, for this act this acting out. Well. Christy and George, maybe. <laughs> but you were doing this before Christy and George. No. So this is only post-Christy and George that you've decided yeah, to take your revenge on other men. I didn't know it was really... Well, you're like some weird male Asian Eileen Wuornos or something. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have to... This I don't have time. You know, we need to get a shrink on the program uh, to talk to you about this. So... Uh, Preferably before your appointment, so maybe she can help us all. You know, Mike Chase is studying psychology, so um, so we need to get somebody who is either uh, a shrink, psychologist, whatever, you know, a head shrinker of some kind, or maybe... Maybe I can call my old um, psychiatrist, Wendy. Uh, I love her. Somebody who would... Uh, now. She always... Remember when I talked to her the last time, she agreed that she... She said that she'd love to come on the show sometime. Isn't that cute? <laughs> yep. She like being shot in the head? <laughs> can I take her a bowling? Can I put her in a shallow grave? <laughs> um, would, you, would you be amenable to having, uh, in an informal sense, obviously, some... This sounds so bad. Some mental health professional come on and maybe talk to you a little bit about this? Just about this? For, just for presenting your Grand Theft Auto business. Sure. Just to see what, what they might read into it. Okay, sure. Boy, you're, you creep me out sometimes. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Rich. And we'll bring you back in a little while to do the, re the the recap and the final tally of the bowling thing. Okay. Thanks, Richard. All right. Jesus. Wow. I, I mean, there's just there's so much look, this there. This phone still rings. <laughs> it is a telethon. All right. I know. I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin. I had no idea that he was doing this out of, quote, revenge for the men who had tricked him in the past. I believe that he had said, because now he's kind of making it sound like it was only one time, but I... I think it's an ongoing... I believe that he told me before it happened more than once. He said, that's what I've been doing lately. I take, I tell, I take out hobby. dudes and shoot them in the head. I take out dudes who think I'm a woman and then I kill them. Really, if it wasn't happening in a video game, we'd have him locked up right mm -hmm. now. All right. Um, well, we should take a break. Tim Riley, have you more news for us? Nothing as good as that. Well, really, we've set the bar fairly high. When we get back, if you're on hold right now, hang tight. Uh, we have some people who want to weigh in on what we'll call the Richie situation. So if you want to weigh in on that, hang tight. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll be back to you after this. Plus, we have big, big news about Sarah's bowling team. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson radio program. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, coming up later on, Tom, like us at 3, Michael Mara's show at 7. Uh, more news from Tim Riley here in just a few. 
It's 503-733-2970. So we have been doing um, the Sleep Under USA Pajama Bowl. Uh, we've been uh, getting uh, pledges and donations and whatever. And Sarah and I have each been trying to get uh, five people to bowl on our team. It's coming up uh, Sunday, May 18th to benefit Trillium Family Services. You can find out more about them at trilliumfamily.org. Uh, Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan. Don't F with me, Reynolds. Hello. Thank you. You're going to get that put on business cards or maybe like, you know, whatever's <laughs> on your door, me. like on your door, just yeah. you know, like a little gold frame thing. Yeah, you've emailed me several different suggestions for my, as you call it, slug line. I thought at one point, my initial uh, idea was that just your business card would say, Susan Reynolds, F yeah, <laughs> like in huge letters. But I like the don't F with me part. Yeah. It grows more and more true by the day. Well. In any event, uh, so we, where are we at? We have big news here, right? We do have big news. So when we last checked in, uh, there were five people on Sarah's team, five people on my team, and it was just a question of kind of how much had been pledged. And I think uh, even even the low bid was still higher than where we started, right? It was like you know they, to, to beat it, you was gonna have to be like seventy five, eighty five bucks, something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've that's been left in the dust. So what now is the high bid for my team? Uh, that would be $400. So someone has pledged. Awesome. Do, we want to, do we want to say their name? I don't know. Do we? Ben. Ben. So yeah. Ben has pledged 400, uh, 400 or 450 $400. $400. Uh, that it goes to the Trillium Family Services uh, Group uh, to bowl with me. So thank you, Ben. God awesome. bless you. You're a good and person. And there are others, too, who've, who've lined up. Uh, you are handled. All right. So we will we'll do the, uh, the the full recap. Uh, I guess we'll we'll kind of bring the curtain down around two forty five. Yeah. And we'll we'll read off the full list then. But so right now, Ben four hundred dollars to bowl on Rick Emerson's team. That's and, cool. And then, but what is the big news, Sarah? I'm sorry, Susan. What is the big, the big news, news about Sarah's team? Yeah, the big news is Sarah, you are beloved. Am I? Or maybe it's just your mad bowling skills. But either way, uh, someone named Ruben, we'll call him Ruben for now, has bid. One thousand dollars to bowl kidding? on your team. I almost team. swore. Are you kidding? No. Actually, yes, we're making it up. Wow. No, it's a thousand. That's what I said. I said I just saw it on the screen before we went to break. It was like Sarah's team one thousand dollar bid. Like, like, are you effing kidding me? No, it's a wow. no. We are not. Um, so that's uh, super rad. A guy that we we're calling yeah, Ruben yeah. has bid a thousand dollars to bowl on Sarah's team. And How that's cool just is that? One guy. It was one know? guy. And we've got several others that you're all. Uh, are we um, all all set? We're all set. But if somebody else calls in the next few minutes and can knock somebody else off this, but they're going to have to. And we should say you don't have to bid over the thousand dollars right now. There's, you know, and there's all different. You know, the, the, let me put it this way: the minimum bid started at fifty. Well, the minimum bid is now a hundred. Okay. So on 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 either team. Okay. So if you, if you do want to try to sort of edge past somebody else in the bidding right now, uh, you got to bid at least a hundred bucks. And we got let's say five more minutes in which to do that. Two forty-five. We will end the bidding. Uh, but so the minimum bid now is a hundred bucks. But I mean, I don't. You know. $1,000 is mind-blowing, $400, but we yeah. we really honestly do want to thank everybody so far who's who's pledged. I mean, no matter what the no matter what the bid has been, because, I mean, it's uh, it Absolutely. all goes to a it great cause. It all ends cause. up, and it's such a good cause. It really is. It's a fantastic cause, and it's just, you know, it's just, it's and it's kind of a weird thing. Like, come bowl with Rick in your pajamas. I mean, it's all very sort of odd, but it is it is exactly the kind of thing that the audience really does excel at, you know, at, at being kind of odd for a good cause. They've done it before, so... Well, yeah. I'm going to make you look really pretty for if, you know, people are paying this much money in order to come see it, like, bowl with us. So Sarah's picking up my pajamas, and I'm picking up Sarah's pajamas. <laughs> well, too. and it just goes to show you, you really can't put a price tag on a good time. So we can exactly. complete our transformation into an old married couple. So, uh, <laughs> so that's coming up. And I wouldn't, like, we're still not committed with pajamas. I get to pick an outfit for you, right? Well, but it has to be pajamas. No, it has to be pajamas. Okay. Or sleepwear, though. It has to sleepwear. be sleepwear of some sleepwear kind. Sleepwear is perfect. 
Okay, uh, I, sure. You I'm don't sure. want to get in the middle of it. No, I, I, I guess I really don't. <laughs> but I will say, if you haven't been to Big Al's, which I'm not sure if, if either of you have been I have there, not. it is a fantastic place. So I'm encouraging everyone who, who bid... Uh, even those who didn't maybe make the team to come on out because there is tons of stuff to do: food, drinks, uh, sports bar, arcade, tons of bowling. It of is course. a huge place. Huge, it is massive. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a really fun afternoon. Cool. Excellent. Cool. All right. So you have a few more minutes if you want to uh, get your bid on. It's five zero three seven three three. Uh, 2970. But thank you to everybody so far who is, not just the folks we just mentioned, but I mean really everybody. It's it's fantastic. It really is. And not to be, you know, too sappy about it. But we've, the thing we have learned and the thing we learned a long time ago with this audience is that really when it does come to causes like this, and it really has to be said, when it comes to anything involving kids, they really do, they really do step up. Uh, All evidence to the contrary, they they really are a good bunch of folks. Uh, So, um, you know, everybody's sort of, you know, all, all these sort of uh, horrible, horrific comments that come out of me and the audience notwithstanding, mm-hmm. uh, they do put their money where our mouths are. They so, definitely do. Anyway, God bless them. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, Susan thank Reynolds. You, thank you. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Kevin Costner's band will play a benefit for University of Oregon baseball. This will take place in Eugene, May 30th and 31st. Costner has done such baseball films as with the love of the game field of dreams in phil durham he is a friend of the university's new baseball coach proceeds to go to the university baseball equity fund and a new baseball stadium tickets start at 25 bucks uh-oh tom cruise didn't do well in the ratings on the oprah show no as a matter of fact barbara walter's appearance just before that well beat him handily uh both the tom cruise episodes scored a very low 4.1 which makes Paramount wonder, are they sure they want to make a new Mission Impossible motion picture? A new stamp honoring Frank Sinatra goes on sale next week. First day of sales ceremonies with a 42-cent stamp are set for today at three locations. Uh, the price for the first class stamp goes up a penny to 42 cents on Monday. Now, what is the uh, what era of Sinatra is this? There he is. The capital era, I believe. Oh, that is the capital era. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to this. There's a new compilation out called... Um, called Sinatra at the Movies, mm-hmm. which is all of the songs he did for films. I mean, the obvious one is From Here to Eternity. Uh, but it's the songs he did for movies, uh, That uh, the, the compilation that just came out about a month ago, which is really, really good. So that's a great photo of him. So there are ceremonies in Vegas, and uh, they're dedicating the stamp at the Bellagio Fountains, made alcove on Las Vegas. Cool. Good for you, Frank. Well done. Another event takes place in his hometown of Hoboken, New Jersey. And uh, let's see, some... Uh, some politicians from Jersey will be there, so you can't keep them away, no can No, of course not. Uh, Sheila Packer plans to eliminate another 300 to 400 jobs at its Corvallis campus. Now, according to the latest report, the employers warned last week that the cups were coming. Managers delivered the bad news in a oh. coffee talk. That is it for now. Oh, I didn't know if we were going to get sound of the horrible coffee talk. The, uh, we're going to be doing some streamlining. I just got an email. I won't say who. But I got an email from somebody we know. Streamlining. <laughs> no. Yes, Tim, by the way. I'll need to speak to everybody after the show. No, I got an email from a listener of ours who um, is at a company where they just cut 40,000 jobs. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Which company is that? I don't want to say. Can you see what is kind of local? field it is? Uh, it's, a, it's a tech a tech company. I mean, and they're big. They're worldwide. You know, they, 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 but I mean, still 40,000 people. I mean, it's already happened. I don't think it's like a thing that's coming down the pike. He made it sound as though it had taken place. And not all at once over the last maybe year or so. But, I mean, still, Jesus, that's 40,000 people. That's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So, and I had a coffee talk. 
boy at a coffee. But, you know, and they, it's like how you break up with somebody at a restaurant so they won't go crazy. Mm-hmm. When they fire people at a coffee talk, you know, they do that so the employees won't rise up and lynch the bosses, which is what they would otherwise do. Good Christ. All right. It's just, a, you know, all right. Have we more news? Tim Riley, are you off to prepare uh, information for the people? Oh, I am. I have plenty of things to prepare. Don't want to stay and talk with Richie more? <laughs> no, he leaves uh, very little to the imagination. I'm sure he can catch up at some point. Oh, can you ever? I can look, listen to the uh, endless replay. I think perhaps, Absolutely. you know, at some point in the future, Richie might be living in a small place where you could go visit him any time. But that's just a guess. All right. Um, so we, we, we've got a, so now the low bid for me is 125, so it's been up a little bit. All right, fantastic. So we'll take, like, we'll take it, um, okay, and the low bid for Sarah's now 110, so we're gonna give it, like, maybe another minute, another two minutes, and we'll, uh, we'll close it out. It's, it's 245 right now. All right, so we will make it 60 seconds from now, Terry. All right. Uh, we'll make it 60 seconds, uh, from now, and then the bidding will close. Let's start. All right. All right. The bidding closes in 60 seconds. All right. Uh, you have 60 seconds to reach minimum safe distance. All right, Tim Riley. of course, Riley. by the time it gets out to the people, it's going to be 20 seconds. Well, that's true. I thought about that. Rich, uh, uh, Richie, thank you for giving us that. And Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world, back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, uh, top of the hour all the way through Legacy. Okay. Uh, let me just uh, let me look at the email here. Rick, this truly is the greatest show ever. I just copied down the following phrase from your program. Richie pretends to be a woman, takes men out on dates, and shoots them in the back of the head. I am laughing out loud as I type. Great show. Well, wow. all right. Uh, let's see. Um, that sounds really kind of messed up if you put it in that context. Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, reading a lot of the, a lot of things thinks about the Jack Russell. Um, all right, well, let's just do this. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio hey, program. Rick. You know I love you and Sarah. Uh-oh. Okay. This is always the... Oh, no. But okay. let me explain a thing that your program does that I find objectionable. Okay. I, I've i noticed a trend, because I am a regular listener, and the trend I've noticed that you have, you and Sarah have a tendency to exploit your your screen callers. <laughs> yes. And it's like, to get individually, you guys are nice people, but together you're like playing out the cast of Mean Girls. I know, we're evil, right? We'll talk about it in the halls just, sometimes. You guys are like, you're like warriors from hell. Okay, come well, on, Richie, tell us more. Tell us more. What did you do, Richie? Come on, come on. And I'm a little uncomfortable about that because poor Richie has no filter. Well, I, I was. Know that. I should actually say at this point, so we can. I mean, Scotty, I suppose, was his own. Was it? It was a separate case. Scotty was kind of his own creation. But I mean, as far as Richie goes, I would say this. This is why. And you know, I, I don't really talk about this a whole lot on the air. But Richie and I've had, you know, some off-air conversations about this, and then we just talked to him about it now. Where Richie is, I think I'm speaking accurately when I say that Richie is very much an exhibitionist. As I think he himself kind of confirmed a while ago. Like, and you Richie, don't even know what we filter. Like, there is so much going on. That's the other thing. You should you should hear or see the stuff Richie wants to say or talk about on the air that we decide is not appropriate or is just too personal. And I know that it staggers the mind to think that there are things that Richie wants to disclose that we just deem too personal. But you really must trust us when I say that we have to stop Richie from saying uh, or revealing even more than he does. When eventually you become national and Sarah becomes a model and you kick Richie to the curb. Oh, who's that would gonna, never happen. Oh, no, no. Who's no. going to employ Richie? That would never happen. That would never. Well, I can think of any number of adult establishments in well, which he might fit perfectly. Also, that. we should also say that that would never happen. And Richie, by the way, appears to be independently wealthy because he has $50 million of oil in Montana. So. I don't really know that he's going to be hurting for employment. He will be hiring us at that point. Okay. Well, I still want to bend both of you over my knee in a non-sexual way and give you a spanking because 
Poor Richie needs to be protected at this point. All right. Well, the listener party is May 15th, if you would like to conduct a spanking there. Well, i got to go. My demented father is calling. But say hello to your wife and ask her if what I'm saying is true. All right. I will. Thank, Thank you. you. All bye. right. Bye now. I like how she trailed off. True. <laughs> she is right, though. You and I have had discussions about this. Yes. No, it's, uh, Richie does like to reveal lots and lots of things. But Sarah and I have noticed that we... Um, have either a great or terrible influence on each other, however one uh, I think it's might terrible. like to classify that. All right. Well, Maybe I suppose, I mean, we could always poll the audience. We could poll the audience and ask if the audience wants us to stop Let's probing an, Richie's personal should life. Should we do our last break and then do an Insta poll right, and so, announce the things and everything? We'll have to figure out how to phrase the question. But we'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll do two things. We will announce the winners uh, in the Sleep Country Pajama Bowl uh, bidding war. And we will do an Insta poll. About revelations of Richie's personal life. Uh, so you stay there. It's five like three. If, if you and I, or should... if we're too mean, if we're too exploitative, yeah, if we're too encouraging of each other's meanness, or if we should, if we should calm down a little. We'll figure out how to phrase it. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. to build a sex temple. I don't mean for this to sound sleazy, but what do you wear when I put my baby in you? I better take off my pants. Take off your pants. Let me go to uh, the horningsluts.com great Thank you. Like your bosoms. Which are plentifully really possible at being hidden in my buttocks. You must take my seat. I was waiting for the anus. No matter what you do in your life, you will never be as retarded as I am. Thanks. Thanks so much. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. No! Richie, can you please enter the studio? You're punishing me, aren't you? Yes, I am. Okay! <laughs> Hi, Richie. Stop it, Rick. What? I'm putting you down. I'm... All right. I'm putting you down. Hi, Richie Bristol. Hello. All right. Um, okay, so we have the final tally uh, here for the uh, Sleep Country Pajama Bowl uh, pledge drive. Uh-huh. All right, so who are the winning pledgers uh, for my team? For Rick's team. We don't have to give their full names, but... Okay. Uh, on top comes Ben Galvin. Should we like, first Oops. name? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I don't care. Go ahead. Just maybe, like, the first name, last first initial? Name, first name amount. Uh-oh. Wait, that's probably a bid right there. That's okay. We've closed the bidding. So. You know who it is. Okay. Uh, what is going on? I'm going to take your phone away from you. What, okay. is, what noise is it making? <laughs> All right, so where, where, So let's, let's give the winning bidders here. Okay, Ben G. Okay. Uh, Richard S. And Scott L. One, two, three. <laughs> it's going so smoothly. And we got like a three-way tie. For... How's that going to work? I know. Well, we'll have to do this tomorrow. Let's let's. I'll tell you what. We'll we'll look at it after the program. We'll announce it all tomorrow, maybe. Okay. It seems like maybe this is not as cut and dry as it ought to be. Whether or not people do we have time TV. for an Insta poll? Yeah, we have like a minute and a half. So. All we'll right. Let's do an Insta poll right now. Now is the time for the Rick Emerson Insta poll, uh, and the question is: Are Rick and Sarah too mean to Richie? That is the Insta poll question. Are Rick and Sarah too mean to Richie? Please now to be calling 503-733-2970. Do it. <laughs> 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Are Rick and Sarah too mean 
to Richie. It is now Instapol time on the Rick Emerson radio program. Let's just go to the phone, shall we? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. <laughs> Are Rick and Sarah too mean to Richie? Absolutely not. Richie is like a, a demented Teddy Ruxpin. Sit him down, push his button, he's going to have a sick story to tell you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right. Instapol, hi. <laughs> Best comparison. Hey, Rick. Are Rick and Sarah too mean to Richie? Uh, you would be if he didn't love it. So that's a no? Yeah. Thank you, sir. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, Instapol. Are Rick and Sarah too mean to Richie? Uh, Richie. Yeah, Richie. Yes. Are we too mean to him? Are we mean, too mean to him, sir? Oh, uh, no, no, I don't think you are, but I have an idea for a soundbite. It should be that Marvin Gaye song because that whole love affair he's having with those men. The sexual healing song or Let's Get It On? Oh, Let's Get It On. All right, thank you. Yep. Instapol, are Rick and Sarah too mean to Richie? Uh, I think you guys are doing a good job tearing him down because pretty soon uh, Scotty J and Richie are both going to have a morning show on the station. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. I, that will be called a no vote. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Are uh, uh, Rick and Sarah too mean to Richie? Not too mean. He's his own worst enemy. But I have to say, this week I've been switching off the station, listening to Lars during the disgusting part. Well, that's your own punishment, then, sir. That's what we call a that's what we call aversion therapy. Thank you. Goodbye. Have a great day. You as well, sir. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Are Rick and Sarah too mean to Richie? No, Richie's like that kid on the playground that used to eat the grasshoppers, man. <laughs> okay, final call. Hi, uh, Rick Everson, you are Rick and Sarah too mean to Richie. No, you're not, and please keep the Richie sounder. I think Sarah doesn't like it just because she's a girl. All right, thank you, sir. All right, we want to thank... Are we done? I don't We're have done. any time. Insert closing credits here. I regret nothing. Uh, 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 uh